Sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Big martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermain Sterling and Pewter Yawn running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, um, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Yes. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts and this is what has allowed youtubers to come in and take over the sport and much much more i have them this weekend i'm just gonna let the board fall to me dalvin cook zeke cmc hopefully i can get one of those running backs i did my draft tonight as y'all can see with my fighting jersey on you have like your really really top tier wide receivers but then there's a pretty big drop off they didn't speak english so, like, the UFC, like, wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So it absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up, though, is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I... Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just, like, the fact that Tony Khan actually actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live Rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. Hey everybody, 
Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 54. 58, I'm sorry, 58. We're already 58. This is crazy. Um, yep. Doing my Nate Diaz pose. I saw his interview with Hawani. I watched it Oh, before. I did too. Yeah, I did I watched, too. I, I, I watched it in between the, uh, the end of my shoot job and this. I had about an hour and a half, and it was like perfect timing. So. Do we have uh, enough time to do a group picture? Oh, 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 with his team brought everybody in and ariel's like where where could i be in the picture (laughs) yeah that was so funny i like the dog up there um yeah dog machiavelli machiavelli is what he called his dog that was awesome i need to get that t-shirt nate was wearing too that nick diaz army t-shirt is badass i'll always be nick diaz army no matter how bad he might look right now in the octagon unfortunately that said hey everyone welcome to the show we have a special guest i'm steven jensen as always with Doug right here on the RVD Teeter for Life YouTube channel for live rounds. Our guest this week is the voice of action wrestling and pretty much all of Southeast independent wrestling at this point. He runs his own shows as a promoter for the KOBK. Um, He's part of KOBK, the group KOB Kill right there, tatted on his knuckles. You can't get any more serious (laughs) about it than that right there. Um, You might know him as Mose. You might know him as John Mosley. You might know him as Jumpin' Johnny Mosley. I just know him as my boy from back in Nashville that I used to watch indie shows with that uh, yep. is making it in the business now, and it's a lot of fun to watch. So, Moe's, welcome to the show, man. How you been? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, uh, I miss having a few beers with you at the basement East, man. You're big time, and you're all over the place, man. When, I mean, it's because I live in Atlanta, dude. If it wasn't yeah. for, like, the drive out there, the drive back, because part of the problem is, like, I'm not going to go to the basement East and, like, not drink beer. You know what I mean? Like, and then you have to, like, somehow get back to Atlanta or stay yep. overnight without it being a hassle, like asking a buddy or like paying out the ass to, to stay, you know, in a hotel downtown or something. Like, it's so expensive in Nashville. So anyways, that all said, um, no, I miss it, man. I, I obviously keep up with the product. I watch a lot of uh, a lot of Southern Underground Pro. And uh, I know they're running a show uh, somewhere outside of the basement East soon, right? Yeah, yeah. Bowling Alley um, and a couple Fridays. I believe it's the 29th. Um, it's the same, it's the same day that GC Dubs run in uh, Nashville as well. That's right. Yeah, GCW and uh, that for SummerSlam weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's gonna be a big. Uh, that's I've I've considered. So I have a friend who lives in Nashville that already told me that I can stay at their place if I wanted to come out for Nashville, and mm-hmm. I I mean. I have no interest in if Cody if Cody was wrestling at SummerSlam, I would go no brainer because like I want to yeah. see him live in the WWE again just because that's such a mind f to me right now. <laughs> but like GCW, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Seth, obviously. Um, I'm even down to see Ric Flair's last match, like just because it's there. Like you know, Municipal Auditorium, it's a good yeah. card. You know, him wrestling, it's very iffy, obviously for a lot of reasons. But like. I mean, it would be kind of cool to be there in the, in the municipal auditorium to see something like that. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff going on around SummerSlam, similar to like around WrestleMania that like, you know, I'd be interested in, in the indie stuff going on in Nashville. So if I'm there, I'll definitely let you know for sure, obviously. Please so. do. Yeah, please do. Hell Is yeah. there like a collective type thing going on uh, for SummerSlam weekend down there? No, I think it just I can't remember who was who announced first, but it just I, I mean, I don't it's I wouldn't say it's a collective because I don't know if it's everybody working together like that. I just think it's it's that same mentality though of like like you're just saying Jensen the stuff with Flair, um uh sup. It's like an early I mean, those usually are early afternoon shows to beast, but it's like early afternoon and 
it's like this cool bowling alley vibe. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, and I know, I, I don't know a lot of the matches. I don't think, I don't know if anyone's been announced, but I do know Dylan Hells has told me how wild this sub show is and that coming from him. Yeah. Is, is saying something. So I'm, I'm definitely excited um, about the Southern underground pro on the SummerSlam weekend. Hey, so I, I haven't talked to Dylan in a long time, but we have a good relationship. Like he used to come on the Fight Talk podcast and mm-hmm. like I'm obviously he obviously helped set up, you know, the like my promo code with IWTV that pretty much went yep. through him. Can can you can you scoop Dylan at all right now on any of that sub stuff? Because you know obviously I want to know like some of the stuff the sub matches that are coming up, but I can't. I uh, I that's why I man, you mentioned that's why I started the KOBK show because I'm like Either it's stuff that I know from more so the, the the talent, the wrestlers, the boys telling me, hey, I got this. Dylan keeps a lot of that pretty close to the vest. I mean, I'll be honest with y'all, like, you know, uh, 70% of the matches, I don't know till the day of, and I see the card, and it's usually, you know, like the last, oh, man, I can't, I think the last sub show I knew the card, uh, I knew the card before I showed up was the Collective in Indiana. It was like the first show. I think it was the it was the first sub show that I called, you know, the whole show and Dylan wasn't there. He had some prior stuff going on. So yeah, that was it. It was like Dylan was more so of like, yo, you need like you need this. Here's what you need. Like here's some notes. This is what we get we gotta, you know, aim story wise. But uh outside of that, I'm just like you, like you'll hear me on commentary like react with surprise. A lot of that is really like I, I'm like if I don't need to know, it's like I tell him, like, if I don't need to know, man, I, for my job, I love being surprised like you all, you know, just chilling, watching and find out together. My my favorite thing is when occasionally you'll bring me up on commentary, which obviously yeah. I, I really appreciate. So like when, when, uh, when, when Manders, when, when Manders uh, wrestled uh, Graham Bell or Merck now, Merck. Yeah, Merck. Um, I uh, it was like a surprise match on sup a, a few sup shows ago. You were like, shout out, shout out Jensen. Like this is <laughs> this is his match right here. And I was like, yes, this is like give me this match every like uh, I you we it's cool because we've seen a lot of the same guys and girls and stuff like go through the ranks over the years to see kind of where they're at now. So it's been it's been really cool. We're gonna get into I mean I'm we're gonna deep dive in this because there's actually a lot more questions I have about the indie scene for you. Sick. Doug. How you doing, man? Like just in general tonight. Like, I tell tell the people how you've been because you know haven't heard from I'm you a good. whole lot just yet. Uh, I'm good. I I was just uh, finishing up the terminal list. I've got like 30 minutes left on that. It's an Amazon show with Chris Pratt. It's badass. It is crazy. Yes. Um, I expected it just to be like a couple hour movie, but it's actually a TV show of like eight episodes, hour long, and. Yeah, if you like those like uh, revenge type movies, like it is a badass movie. Um, and then yeah, uh, I'm super stoked about that No Holds Barred um, San Diego Comic Con two pack. Like yeah. I have to find a way to get it. Like I don't <laughs> like I. I mean, I've seen like customs of like a rip of Hogan and stuff, and I've seen like some stuff of Zeus, but like the way that they pulled that off with the packaging and it's like a VHS VHS, tape, it's like, it's so sick. So I don't know what I got to do. Maybe I got to figure out this bot system or whatever, but I got to find a way to get one of those. Um, So yeah, I'm super stoked about that. And uh, 
yeah, other than that, I'm just chilling. Interesting to learn the indie scene from you guys because, like, here in Houston, I mean, it just kind of started blowing up in Texas to where, like, we get local wrestling, we get um, New Texas Pro Wrestling, and uh, there's, like, some wrestle rave every now and then, stuff that they try to do. But it's all run in the same building, which I find really weird because that building's a piece of junk. But um, – it's it's a lot of badass wrestling, man. Like I've seen a lot of really great wrestlers come through here. Seen some GCW shows through here. Like my first death match I ever saw was Nick Gage versus Sadika, and uh, live, live, yeah, yeah, live. Yeah. And I mean, I was, I, I, I think I was second row, second row for that. Like, and I mean, that was that was wild because first of all, too, it's like you know, intergender, whatever. But like a deathmatch intergender is a little bit different. And like Sadika is crazy and Nick is crazy. So they just like went to war in there. Um, but yeah, I've been going to Loco every now and then. It's sad though. It sounds like they're shutting down shop. Uh, Jaime said that like the last show will be at the end of the year and he's going to call it the funeral. Damn, and then after that, true, it's man. just, yeah. And then after that, it's just down to New Texas. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens there. Dallas always has something going on too, but for the most part, like I didn't even know much about indie wrestling. I mean, I'm, of course, like definitely hardcore ROH followed all that stuff, but like the new scene, I remember asking Steven, I was like, who's good? Like who would be in a PWG? This was like during the pandemic. Cause we, you know, there wasn't a lot going on. And I would be like, who would be like in a PWG right now? Who's good? And then, man, I would just start to see wrestler after wrestler after wrestler. And Ninja Max from here. So, like, seeing Ninja Mac and Dante Leone and all these guys, like, blew me away because I couldn't believe how good they are. One guy that I think has really slept on here is Chris Carter. I think Chris Carter's awesome, and he always, like, goes way out of his way uh, whenever he has a match. Like, that, that kid will kill himself um, and for nothing. But uh, he definitely stands out. Whenever you get a ticket, Chris Carter always delivers. So, yeah, just curious to see what you guys have seen. And, you know, it's funny, too, because, like, <clears throat> Roxy, she's on um, NXT 2.0 yep. tonight. And, like, I saw her all the time over there. You know, I saw I saw her wrestle pretty much any show she could get involved in. And now she's, you know, WWE right now. So it's just crazy to see the growth, see how, you know, like Sammy Guevara was at a local wrestling show before. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. I also, I went to the last wrestle circus. I was able to go to the last wrestle circus in Austin and that blew me away. That was an amazing show. And uh, I was super <coughs> bummed that they folded. So hopefully the Texas scene can just get bigger and bigger. Hey, is, uh, is New Texas, what platform are they running now? Cause I haven't seen it on IWTV in a minute. I feel like. Yeah. They're on IWTV. They have a show next week. Oh, okay, maybe they just weren't yeah. doing a whole lot of shows lately because I feel like I used to see it pop up like often on there. And I feel so like the main event is uh Brian Keith versus Shane Taylor for like all the belts, and that makes uh, sense, yeah, because he's like the VIP wrestling champion or something like that. So they're gonna have that. Um, but yeah, they're on IWTV. So. Do you remember when you were asking me about that? Like, who, who, like you were asking who I would think was worth checking out back before you you were like getting into it. Do you remember some of the people that I brought up or the, the blonde haired guy you always love to bring up that freaking uh, Matthew Justice oh, Matt, took no, off Oh, oh jo Joshua Bishop. Yeah. 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 You're, you're always a big fan of him. Um, then it was like Daniel Garcia, which I mean, here we are, you know what I mean? Wheeler Yuta, here we are. Yeah. Like, 
definitely a lot of those guys. Lee Moriarty, here we are. You know, oh, like, oh, uh, one one that was slept on then, but now is blowing up is Cole Radrick. He's like rising yes. the ranks. Yeah, I was on the Cole Radrick train. Same with Moe's. We we've been with Cole Radrick for like before it was cool to be a Cole Radrick. Like this is this has been cool to see him. What what do you think about some some of these guys? What about what do you think about Cole right now, Moe's? I mean, Cole's uh, the best hybrid guy right now. I mean, I, I you know you don't need me to say that. I know after this last weekend. Um, he showed that we've known for years that he can uh, – I mean, I'm lucky uh, because of what I get to do. I get – I've become friends with a lot of the talent, right? And I – Cole's one of those that um, they were telling – you know, the talent's telling me before I even – I'd, I'd met Cole and I liked Cole because Cole's just such a good guy in real life, a good guy. But um, it was like, bro, once you really break it down, like Cole is so good at the little things, you know, like you're saying, man, this is years ago, so – uh, to see just how he's been uh, not just accepted, but like he's definitely getting his flowers now and he's, he's put his body through a lot. I mean, he's in a lot of those death matches and like wild stuff quickly. And he's compounded that with a lot. And it's that thing where, you know, we've talked privately about um, it's that grind man that like, it's, it's very taxing mentally. Um, the body speaks for itself, um, but it's that it's that mental stuff that like, you know, we don't think about, you know, what they're going through on like a Tuesday in between Saturday and Friday or whatever. Uh, and, and Cole's battled through a lot of that. And, and for him to get this love right now, man, it's it's uh, it's hard to put a word on it because it is he's such a great human being. And on top of that, the talent, man, like. You know, like we're saying, it, it's easy to get lost. I mean, there's been so, so many great talents over the years that just kind of got lost in the shuffle. So anytime somebody like that gets that appreciation, man, it's it's awesome. Yeah, another guy that I think I remember you telling me about Hoodfoot before I had yep. seen Hoodfoot. Mo and, Atlas. Yeah. yeah, Mo Atlas. And now, oh, dude, what do you think about what he's doing right now? Because, like, he's – I mean, he's he's – a way bigger name than he's ever been right now. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, he's like main eventing GCW crazy death matches and stuff. But I'm also like a little bit worried. Like, you know, he's like getting really, yeah. really hurt out there. It seems yeah. like, and, and Cole, it, you know, it, 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 high, it, it, um, magnified it. Cause like Cole got hurt the next night, like similarly, yep. you know? So like, maybe I'm not talking about it quite as much if it, I mean, not obviously not, I don't want this to sound like Hoodfoot doesn't matter. Obviously, he does. I'm concerned about every one of these guys that, that does this stuff. But, like, Hood, like, I don't know. I was just kind of uneasy watching that and just being like, man, Hoodfoot doesn't have to – like, he can do the death – I'm not against the death matches, obviously. I'm I'm a fan of what, what these people are doing, and I respect it. But, like, right. it's like – I don't want anyone to go too far either. Like, you know, he's going far enough is yeah. how I feel. You know, he's already going far enough. He's already proven. He's already over. You know, like, he – I don't want to see somebody bleed out out there or something. It's just, you know, how do you kind of feel about that? I mean, it's that it's the artist. It's that it's a hard conversation to have because you can't tell somebody like, it's hard to say, you know, pump the brakes a little bit because man, he's a showman like Hoodfoot over anything is an entertainer uh is somebody that when i say like like i mean you're you're saying it man you don't need me to say it again like this guy will die for this uh and it's it feels like that's such a wild thing because it is it's a wild thing to say 
but I think at its heart, we got to take that as the love. I mean, bro, you got to love, it's like anything else. It, the dream job is still a job some days and then going through your body and just everything, man, like Hoodfoot's going to do Hoodfoot. I mean, we were, I was happy to have him on our first show, uh, our first KOBK show. And I, I told him that night, man, it was like, he was, you know, cause Mo's such a great guy. It's like, bro, anytime you need me, I'm here. And it's like, dog, you know, this might be the only time I get you. And now we've seen, you know, he was supposed to be on our second show, had some other opportunities that were a little bigger than us. And I say that like fondly, I mean, like I want those. I told him when he had to pull off, I was like, that's what I told you six months ago, bro. Like these are the opportunities I want my people, my friends, anybody, not even my people, like everybody, I want them to, to be in these opportunities. So uh, I don't know if we'll ever get Hoodfoot again. Um, but I'm very proud we had him on that show because he is, and that's a real dude right there. That's another one, man. In real life, uh, this wrestling stuff could end tomorrow, and I'm like, I'm still gonna like on a random Wednesday, gonna be like, what's Mo up to, man? I gotta holler at him. You 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 automatically score bonus points in my book if you're someone who performed on that first KOBK show because for people <laughs> who don't know, just yeah. mere hours before the show was supposed to start, their ring completely broke. So all the wrestlers had to, I mean, didn't have to. Moses told yeah. the story before. He was going to pay everyone, like, regardless. But, yeah. you know, they they agreed to wrestle on just no ring. Just on the, yeah, on just like a thin mat on the ground and went out yeah. there and killed it. Had a, had a badass show. Yeah, almost to a detriment. Now, my one of my biggest fears our second show was i had so many people saying you know you you can't you can't have a ring like every show needs to be you know no ring and i'm like bro i don't i want wrestling you know i want matches like i love that i love all i love all of it don't get me wrong but like you know i I want ropes i want that so yeah yeah i'm glad you brought that up because it's it is it's something that like i'll always be proud of like two hours you're not lying like shows at eight like 615 I'm told hey that <laughs> ring is broke and we had a backup <laughs> ring but we can't get to it uh oh. so you know I'm I've got I'll never forget the scene I had Jaden Newman I had Tank Brett Ison Rev all looking at me like we have two options but it ain't really two we it's we we make the best of it or you cancel it and like I had that moment there was a half second where I felt it and then it was like I go you know what we'll turn the scramble into a gauntlet and we'll <laughs> I'll tell everybody right now, I'm going to pay you no matter what. But like, that was cool, man. It was like, they believed in me. Obviously I believed in them. Uh, and I will say this uh, as somebody that uh, overbooking, you know, I had a million people tell me never, you know, you're, it's going to be easy to overbook a show. Don't do it too much talent, you know? And that was the one time I was happy. I overbooked that show because <laughs> the talent made up for it, bro. Like we had, you know, Masha Slamovich, Sean Campbell, and like that was a, no weapons were used in that match and people were on Twitter like, this is too violent. And then like, you know, Matrix and Tyler Matrix and Eric Royal had like this awesome wrestling match hidden inside this fight. And then Joe Black and Brett Eisen just beat the, you know what, out of each other. So like the talent, man, the talent, 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 it's what it's all about. And they, they went above and beyond for me. And that's why, um, 
it's hard right now booking shows because man, like those are my people. Like you want to bring in new faces. You like, you know, I want to, I got so many ideas and so much young talent that I want to bring in, but like those people rode for me when they didn't have to. Um, so that's why you're going to see, you know, you, you're going to see a lot of the same faces on our shows because like it would have been, you know, how easy is that to say, you know, I'm not, cause it was, it, I mean, I'm not lying. It was, this thin like this paper thin like mat and then like we put down that sort of bloody canvas that got more blood added to it that was it and that was like it was not even a question that everybody's like done bro this is gonna be fun it wound up being great it just got creative with it sort of jumping yeah. off the walls and the poles and was no, yeah, was there no, no. fans at this time? Like, I'm sorry, I've never seen the show. So no, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. This would have been December 18th of 2021. So okay. this was. Yeah, we. I mean, that's where it's so surreal looking back on it. We had fans lined up, like I can hear them out front, just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so exciting, and I'm in the back, like, holy crap, like. Didn't you also tweet out? You're like, we're gonna be starting just a little bit late, like yeah. Like. <laughs> it was, it was like, it was like, uh, you know, it was like shows at eight. We're gonna open doors at seven, and I'm messaging people because like the talent are figuring stuff out, and I'm like, I did, I made a tweet out or something like, yeah, doors ain't gonna be opening until like seven fifteen, seven thirty. Uh, you'll see. Um, <laughs> so, so what would out. you have done? If you would have canceled the show, you just walk out to tell those people like, sorry, yeah. guys, it's not happening. I mean, oh, yeah, man, it was oh, it, that's man. that that was it. It was, you know, we did a seminar at uh, Brett Ice did a seminar, I think, from like one to four. So like four fifteen, four thirty, the ring breaks after the seminar when we're trying to, like, rearrange some things on it. And, you know, hey, it's not a big deal. We got a backup ring. Like that was the longest hour and a half of my life. And then it's like. <laughs> We got a ring, don't worry. So I'm fit, you know, okay, cool. We're moving some things around. So people are going to be late, travels. Uh, and then it was, I'll never forget, 6.15 or whatever. And Jaden's like, I'm so sorry, bro. Like, I don't have a ring for you. Um, so that was it. It was either make the best or, yeah, tell all those people. I mean, I'm not saying all those people, like, you know, it wasn't, it, we didn't sell out Madison Square Garden, but like, that's a show that um, you can go back and watch. And every person there, um, they were there for that, like that BS. They were there for like whatever we were going to give them. They knew what they they knew what they wanted. So uh, whatever we gave them, they I mean it was like um that scene when I thought Masha killed Sean. Like she gives him this Gonzo bomb that me and Heater on commentary, and I grab Hardway Heater's arm, and it's like if you listen, if you watch that match back on IWTV, KOBK sold out. Uh, you'll you'll hear me quiet i mean for 60 seconds i'm like just what i'm like this, did i kill this kid did i like oh no because he's like you know masha and then for yeah. those who don't know sean campbell it's like you're saying your boy um you're talking about chris he don't care campbell don't care he's like he's gonna give you the best like the best the true story when he told me i told him how much i was gonna pay him and like, like bro it's not a ridiculous amount of money. It was a very doable number. And he goes, yo, yeah, man, no bones day. And I was like, oh, no, like, what have I done? So <laughs> Masha dumps him. And, man, like, those people, bro, it was blood. It was ravenous. It was like, this is what we want. Um, so when she, she like, slaps on this submission, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's dead. And then he flips off the camera. 
and I start talking again. I'm like, all right, cool. like he's, he's not done. Um, now I want to shout out Masha. That was another one. Some things like that whole card, man, that was, that was, everything was going smooth until like two weeks before the show. And it like fell apart. Um, and it was like kind of our second show. It was like, everything went so smooth until some people got hurt. Some people couldn't make it. And then show day was a breeze with the ring. Um, but it, it, it we're still, man, like, I still have people, like, that VOD number, man, like, we did really well on IWTV, the fact that we, it wasn't a live stream, we taped it the 18th, we premiered it on Christmas Day. Um, yeah. Which Dylan was like, are you sure about this? And I'm like, bro. Dude, I love that. Got you it. should do that every year. I hope you do that again this year. It's loosely, like, I'm, the way I do it is it's all, it's about the next show. Um, obviously, I got some ideas for, we are going to do sold out. Um, it's right now it is planned. We're going to tape it again in December. Are you going to do no it, ring for sold yeah, out? Yeah. Yeah. Do no, every year sold out is going to be our December show. Um, no ring. Um, I've got a couple of things up my sleeve kind of where it's a little bit far out, but hopefully things work out. And just like you're saying, um, barring something kind of really gets in the way, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, call in a couple of favors, uh, with Jerry and, and Dylan and see if we can do another Christmas day reveal because it was uh it was man like it, it got it blew up like that show did so well that's why we got a live stream our second show i mean it didn't hurt that um you know it timed well with may and kind of southeast first so that was cool but um it, it, it i mean thank you to anyone that has seen that show because it's something like we're saying like no matter you know if i never run a show again or if that you know what we run a million like that one that set the tone for us it really did yeah yeah i'm proud i'm proud of what you're doing man obviously i enjoy the shows i support the talent i very much enjoyed watching that on christmas day because you know i'm jewish so i was doing nothing and <laughs> yeah. um and yeah so so my uh but my my family we we like exchange presents and stuff usually on christmas or christmas eve actually so christmas day it's just me and my brother usually hanging out and uh i was just hanging out man and like drinking eggnog and we we're just you know opening presents and stuff and i mean it was it was a great day just watching wrestling and hanging out and loved it the one of the coolest things uh gotta shout out the boy pete youngblood who's yeah uh, i love that guy i love that guy um really proud of him but he it's one of my favorite stories about that show was uh he watched it with his parents on uh and i i just like hammer him on commentary i call him an (laughs) sob and a pos and all that and and pete told me that his dad I called him just like the worst stuff and his dad's laughing. Like I've never been more proud of you, Pete. And it's like, that's, that's awesome. Like that's so awesome to me. And then of course they, the second show, he just gets roasted with toilet paper. Shout out uh, RIP Jimmy Rave. Um, And it's the same thing. He's like, his mom loved the fact that he's just getting pelted with TP and we're all making fun of him. Um, But for real, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Pete Youngblood. That's another young name. Hopefully if y'all, uh, you haven't been watching Uncharted Territory, please uh, do that. As Pete just had a really, really, really good match with Noah Hossman this past Monday. Dude, and uh, yeah, he's he's one of uh, or um, Youngblood rather is one of uh, Jaden's guys. Also, he is so TWE Performance Combine. Yeah. Shout out Jaden Newman. Shout out TWE. They've uh, man, they've got a hand in a lot of talents um, that you're seeing, and, and Pete's one that. Um, uh, you you know he's still 
I would say he's definitely still less than 50 matches in, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. he's already picking up the little things. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough about Pete. True, true heel. Uh, like yeah. Automatic yeah. heel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I you're see. looking into yeah. like, um, you know, booking these shows, finding talent, like what is your philosophy? What, what are you looking for? How do you figure out who should be on what? Um, the cool thing is because of I've been so intertwined with wrestling since summer of 2017, uh, when I, that's when I broke in and, and started, you know, doing commentary, you know, really small shows in Tennessee. Uh, that's when I got, to, I met Brett, uh, Brett Eisen, Brett Eisen, shout out my boy, my bro. Um, yeah. I met him and we hit it off right away. We it's the same way me and I've told Jensen this before when I, you know, he's a big MMA guy, uh, Brett. Yeah. And so nice. we, we hit it off about, you know, we're talking about fights and, and movies a big, me and him like all the same movies and genres, like you're saying, revenge stuff. Like that's right up our alley. Definitely going to yeah. check that show out now. Um, yeah, it's dope. Yeah. Like you're, you're speaking my language. So we hit it off and it was a thing of like, my background is directing is like my degree at ETSU. I worked uh, radio TV film. Like I did all three of those. So okay. I've got, I've got like two years of a Brett Eisen documentary and I'm just sitting on like footage, you know, of him, like that bone storm run son when he was like the guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, of course I know. You were there. Saying. Of you course there. I know. Like, yeah, it, it's, dude. Go back. Go back. I want to see that. You have that. a bunch of like behind the scenes footage of that run, uh, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. man. Like, it's one of those things that I haven't released a lot of it. I, I've, I've, you know, here and there, but like, it's one of those weird. Like, I don't know what it's for yet. Like, I have it, but I don't know what it's for yet. Like, I know what I want to do with some of it, but, um, and so because of that, because of Brett Ison, because of. Like you're a guy, I was a guy with a camera. Like I was recording just, you know, fun stuff, serious stuff, some real, you know, real stuff. And, uh, and because of that, I got to meet a lot of talent and, and I, I'm just, I, I've been called like uh, anytime they called one of the boys, like I, I feel like that's, you know, I'm definitely more in the locker room than in the office. If you're catching my drift, like, yeah, um, I love, the promoting and booking for my stuff, but like, you know, I'm happy to like chill with the, with the talent and get to know these people. Cause we, I'm all about stories. Like that's what I'm proud of telling stories. So when I'm booking a show, man, like I've got years, like I really started thinking the first show I wanted to book like 2019. So I like for two years, it was bouncing ideas around. Um, I want like, it's just the talent that I want to see put on matches they deserve i'm a big eric royal ace god fan uh he's been tearing it up for years so you know this past show before um he had some you know uh personal stuff go down shout out b-boy it was we're gonna do b i was gonna do b-boy ace god and that's just a match that ace was like are you serious you know it's that's you know i want my people um and people i just look up to because at the end of the day like we're all just fans man like i love professional wrestling i love when this talent gets to put on matches they're excited for that's another reason our first show worked i don't know if anything i've booked i haven't talked to them about like you know i'm i'm notorious about if i'm booking you i'm like yo send me some names you're after um and i'll try to make it happen uh right now i'm, I'm definitely like looking at some of this younger talent you're seeing like on vxs and these shows like uh 
I'm big on uh, Jay Malachi and Jackson Drake. I don't know if, you know, how, how many the audience has seen those two yet. Bro, I've been wanting to book those guys for a couple of years, and now you're seeing them pop up. Um, you know, I I, uh, I got a, I locked down a really cool tag match for May, uh, or excuse me, for October um, recently. You know, shout out Infrared. Like, I just want to put on matches that you, the fan wants to see, the talent wants to be in, and the people that I know are just, you know, grinding, like shout out Merck. We had talked about Merck. Uh, the know. man, the, mo the most underrated guy in yes. all of wrestling right now. Like unironically saying that. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no, has wrestled and learned the Japanese style, yep. the Mexican yep. style. Mexican I mean, style. like, yep. I mean, he's, no, he, people have been sleeping on this guy for a minute, but like when he blows up, I used to say when he blows up, he's literally going to blow up. He's to carry a bazooka. Um, but, uh, but yeah, did the generalissimo, uh, yep, Merck, the generalissimo. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Speak on Merck. Cause that, that dude is not getting enough, uh, recognition right now for what he's doing. He's, he's real. Like that guy is real. He's, you know, I'm going to get in the car and drive. I, I mean, a million hours. That guy travels so far, uh, from where he, you know, he's based out of, um, to come here to the Southeast. And he's one that like. It was that first show, bro. I don't know he wouldn't mind me telling this. It was like, I didn't book him at first because I was like, I'm not going to be able to pay him when I know, like, I know how far you're driving. And, I, and he pulled me aside after a TWE show and was like, you know, I, I'm not trying to book myself, but like, you don't want me on your show. Like, man, why haven't you asked me? Exactly. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> I'm not trying to be that guy, but like, what's up? And I told him straight up, like, bro, I can't, like, this is the highest number I could give you. And he was like, oh, dude, I would totally make the trip for that. And then it worked out that he wrestled Tank. And, like, yeah. that was a match Tank wanted. That was a match Merck wanted. Um, and it wound up being super dope, uh, because even with the no ring thing. Um, and then it wound up, you know, you ended up seeing Merck. I believe, yeah, that was, uh, I think it was before he was in the pit, uh, Merck. If it wasn't, it was around that time, you know. So it was that thing where he got to show a different side. And right now Tank is just. Man, if you talk to Tank, he wants to wrestle everybody that's young. Like, he wants to, you know, check out these young guns before he's, you know, done for realsies. And, Billy, uh, uh, Billy Starks recently. Yep, yep. Yeah. That was a match that, like, I yeah. wanted to book that, like, I'm happy. There's been a couple of those things, like uh, like Billy and, and Iggy. Billy Starks and Nick Iggy was yeah. a match that I was going to do in May that things didn't work out, but it did happen for Uncharted. So, uh that's that's the cool stuff when you can do when you can do those matches you know the ones that are like like brett uh brett and joe black that first show you know it was going to be brett and john davis john davis got hurt like you know 10 days before the show i hit up joe black and he's it's a no hesitation it signed me up um because he was you know it was like three or four names is what brett wanted and joe was on that and and that's why you're seeing you know you're seeing joe black on a lot of places now he's like ace god just super underrated. Um, and, and it's like we're saying about Merck too, that once the, the right eyes see Joe Black or Ace or Merck, it's over because that's the full package. That's they You see it when they come out of the curtain. You see it when they're in the ring. Um, it, it, there's just – all three of those just stand out across the board. Yeah, you know, shout out, of course, Brett Eisen. <clears throat> Brett Eisen. The guy. You know, yeah, for sure. Uh, very, very well-respected dude. Uh, from our from our parts, uh, and um, yeah. So, 
is there anyone left on his like list of of opponents? Because I know he's gotten he's had Kingston, and for people that know, he was the match with Kingston right before Kingston made the famous call out. Yep. Right after the match with Brett is when he called out Cody and uh, I think Nick Aldis at the time. Yeah, uh, Aldis, so, Zack Saber Jr. Um, yeah, and that got him basically signed to AEW that promo straight up. Um, yep. and uh, and that was that was in the back in the backyard, literally uh, against Brett Eisen. Um, yeah, it was out it, in like Millville. It was like right by the bloodshed or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know he's wrestled. Uh, he's wrestled Kingston. He's wrestled B Boy. Yep. Wrestled Joe Black. Yep. yep. Um, who's who's left on that list still? Man, it sucks because the only ones that are really left are those that are Samoa just Joe. So, I mean, yeah, like his. Like if we're talking just dream list, um, yeah. The only ones left on, like, the list that are, like, man, I would, like, sell my soul for these matches for this guy um, would be, for sure, Joe, uh, for sure, um, Eddie Edwards. Like, Eddie Edwards is one that not a lot of people would probably guess for Brett, but he that's he would love that one. And uh, Suzuki. Like, those three, you know, like, and the Suzuki one was, uh, if we could ever work it to do a KOBK show on a Mania weekend or whatever, like – dog i'm gonna do anything i can to get that one because that one it's like unobtainable but it also feels like you know i gotta talk to the right person um but it's that kind of list it's that small of a list because of what we're saying of what he's done you know he bro he beat nick gage in the basement east like that no when nobody was beating nick gage it wasn't even a thought uh, there was some guy that straight up was like, Gage going to kill this kid. And Brett, uh, it's just, I, I miss him wrestling for so many reasons, but he's such a good, like, crap talker. And it's just, it, like, with with ease. He he called this, this guy calls him out, and Brett's like, well, come say it to my face. And the guy, well, I live in Australia. And Brett called him a word I don't want to say here because we're, we're, we've got an algorithm. But, like, <laughs> it was so simple but perfect. Um and, and it, that's the attitude, man. He he did. He had you know fantastic match with Gage. He's been in there with the workhorseman. He and Ali Catch, formerly Ali Cat, one of the best you know sub matches of all time is Brett Eisen versus at that time Ali Cat, and uh, and it's a match that like it's hard to explain because of of you had to be there, right? Like the energy of that building when she kicked out of Street Justice is one of those like, I mean, it, it, it's like a it's like out of body experiencing it was it's even watching it back now man like you can feel because everybody it was like oh man and then she kicks and it's like oh she's this might she might do it she might and and that's i mean that's that's a gift that they uh that they gave us you know for for being able to be that invested um so shout out yeah shout out i I can't say enough about bread ice and i wouldn't be here everything i owe uh everything i do uh, i owe to him um it's something that like that's my real brother like that's somebody that um i talk to every day and uh and he's he's someone that he doesn't realize how much he means even now you know every monday you know the talent we're bringing in um to uncharted and i can't i'm not i mean every week someone's like when am i gonna wrestle brett and that's that's really cool yeah dude i'll I'll never forget i've told the story before but i'll never forget when uh, that the night of <clears throat> Alley Cat versus Brett Eisen, that was for the Sub Bone Storm Championship, which is the yep. heavyweight title of Sub. And they have this match in like the middle of the show, it was before intermission. Yeah. And I remember being like, that was like one of the biggest, most important matches this company's ever had. Why was that at intermission? And me and you go outside and we're just like, you know, 
people are just hanging out, vaping and drinking beer or whatever. And I remember you being like, hey, man, how do you feel about the show so far? And I was like, dude, this show has been amazing. But like, I don't know why they just had the main event in the middle of the show. <laughs> and you were like, well, I'm hearing I'm hearing some stuff about the main event. Like, like you'll see. And I was like, oh, yeah, OK. Like, what could possibly top what I just saw? And the main event wound up being Marco Stunt and Cabana Man Dan in a tag team match against Kevin Q and Dominic Guarini in a death match. And it was the most violent, bloody, disgusting thing I've ever seen in person. It was so, yeah. it was so gross. Like, dude, Mar- it was so, it was so gross. Dude. Oh and they, it, it took no time that, like, because literally, bro, that was all day. I'm hearing stuff that, like, I'm like, wait a minute, bro. Like, we don't do that at sub. Like, I don't. What? And I mean, even during the show, I'm like. You know, hey man, like I'm hearing some things, and then it's I I can't remember who grabbed the skewers first, but whoever grabbed the skewers first, oh. I am I'm standing there, and it's like, all right, can confirm everything. Everything is happening right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I've told you before. I saw there was this family of four that walked in during <laughs> that match, and this is the first time Subs ever had a death match or anything yeah, even close yeah. to this. They had yeah, like yeah, even close. They had a couple where, like, you know, they would brawl around the the base beneath, but never a straight-up death match like this. And, dude, I'll never forget this family of four walked in (laughs) mid-match and within seconds. So, like, I'm, like, it's hot in there, and I'm, like, trying, like, I'm in flip-flops, and, like, Marco stunts blood's, like, on my toes, and I'm, like, starting to kind of freak out as, like, what I'm seeing. There's people have skewers in their foreheads, and Someone just got hit in the head with a ring bell for real, like real oh. bad. And uh yeah, Greeny hit um hit Cabana Man Dan real hard in the head for with real, a ring bell yeah. for real for real cool. yeah. yeah, and uh and I'm like <clears throat> I'm like outside like getting some fresh air, and I hear this family yelling at an employee of the venue, <laughs> just what the F is going on in there? We're here from out of town. We heard this was like a nice vet music venue to check out. <laughs> What's going on in this place? Like they thought, like people had gathered to watch like an actual human sacrifice or something. Like they like they did not understand what was going on in that building. Um, but yeah, you I guys. Remember, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, sorry. Have you guys ever heard of MC Hardbody? Mm-hmm. So he had a match with Jimmy Lloyd at Loco, mm-hmm. and it was the main event, and like. Mind you, Loco is just a mix of all sorts of stuff, a lot of luchador stuff, and it really appeals to, like, a Hispanic audience. So, like, a lot of Hispanic kids will come and watch that stuff. And, dude, you want to talk about, like, not being able to read the room. Like, MC Hardbody comes out, and he is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen when it comes to, like, a death match because he was just taking everything and, like – the crowd could care less. Like they oh, were no. completely oh, out of no. this thing. Oh, I think no. it was the same. Like the the real main event was Ninja Mac versus Low Key, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, see Low Key on the side, like signing autographs and talking to people. Watching that match <laughs> was absolutely hilarious. Like it was <laughs> so bad. Like. Because I've seen death matches, but every death match that I've seen has felt like real and genuine and like it feels like a fight. And this thing was just like total spot fest after spot fest after spot fest that like and nobody was really invested in. 
and it just ended and like people just started to leave there was no pop there was no it was just like just like this is just doing it for doing it and i mean i'm talking glass thumbtacks light tubes everything just the most ridiculous stuff which is fine but i think like the finish was like Jimmy gave him a pal driver off the top rope through light tubes, and like people were just like, whatever. <laughs> That's so sad. I got yeah, I so, love Jimmy like, Lloyd I mean, too. He's like getting up and he's covered in blood, and it's just like it was just like completely pointless. The crowd didn't care about it, and like it was just it was just there. That's all it really was. But like, like I said, I've seen death matches that are really good, but that one was was probably the worst like death match I've seen. Well, and hopefully from, from what I've heard, um, from what I understand from anonymous sources, um, like if you're going to do that in the same ring before Loki is going to wrestle, like you really want to make sure to clear all like the glass and everything out of the ring first. I think that was why Loki wasn't the main event. I think that's the main reason why. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, I think most of you confirmed there's, there's some stories that can be told about Yeah. Yeah, I, I also confirm. told Stephen about this, but um, there was no like glass. this no glass for the key. I I also <laughs> told Stephen about this, but there was like this scrawny, nerdy looking dude. I mean, probably like 125 pounds, and he tried to get in Low Key's face about wearing a mask, and Low Key like literally pushed him out of the building. And followed him outside and was ready to fight him right then and there. And they like they somebody saved that kid because that kid was just he was in Loki's face. And Loki was like, if I get out of this chair, I will hurt you. I promise you that. And he gets out of the chair and he chases him out of the building. And there had to be like, I don't know, almost the whole locker room clear out to go and try to stop Loki from beating this dude's ass. So dude. Yeah. The, one of the funniest things that you could try to find Moe's pointed this out and I went back and rewatched it because I watched the show, but just missed this particular thing. There was one show. (laughs) I think it was the one where Loki was coming out like, and they didn't have enough stuff to like get stuff out of the ring fast enough. There's yeah. this wrestler called Dr. Cube who wears like this giant <laughs> cardboard like like thing on it, like a box on his head. Yeah. And they, they were using it to like clear the ring out after the match. Like it's Facts, dude. <laughs> so Bro. funny. So funny. Um, I got one more question for you, Moe, about the indie stuff, and then we'll jump into a sure. couple of the topics for tonight. Cause I know some people are gonna want to hear us talking about Vince McMahon and stuff. Um when you're doing commentary. What's some of the stuff that like it may be something funny or that stands out or even just like in general for people that know kind of how it works. But like when you're backstage, it, it, especially if it's someone you haven't done like any kind of commentary for before or any kind of ring announcing, like I know you're coming in with some base knowledge of like who these people are and what's going on. But like, but I'm sure like what's some of the most common stuff that happens when you when you meet them for the first time and they're like. Hey, like, make sure you say this about me on, and you know, uh, in the ring announcing, or hey, make sure you say this about what I've got going on in commentary, like, because I'm sure you get a lot of that before the match, like, you know, just people wanting to get certain stuff over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I if if I haven't if I don't call your stuff regularly, like, the one of the big pluses of uh, working so many promotions in the South is I do see a lot of the same talent. 
Uh, but a great example of what you're talking about was uh, I got um, booked to work. Uh, I did commentary at Blitz Creek Pro a few months yeah. ago, yeah. Um, which is really sick being, you know, a Southern guy and the Northeast being like, you know, but I mean, what got me booked was the boys. It was yeah. um, O'Shea Edwards and Jade Newman. And, you know, those are the, basically they, you know, uh, they've, they had, they needed for, a show their their normal team couldn't be there um so they were asked the internet they went to twitter and said hey who should we book and uh, the talent man that's the first person was o'Shea and then it was the floodgates of you book this guy so they hollered at me um so i did a lot of research like that was one where because of my schedule man i drove like me and my wife left the night before the show drove all night um we got to our bnb i want to say like three hours before call time so she took a nap i studied there was about i mean you know i knew a lot of the talent um but there were a few names that i was like one was lince dorado that was the one that i'm like i don't want to screw this up you know i, I just I, I can't i can't he's he's a that's someone that's been on you know wwe it's been a huge fan base and they're you know as as everybody on the internet knows Someone's looking to be like, you're stupid. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, so I did a lot of research and like, you know, a bunch of matches. Um, I took notes and uh, and that's how I do it. If I don't call your stuff regularly, like I'm going to watch some of your recent stuff, some of your older stuff, um, definitely make notes. And then um, day of show, I will like, I'm really bad about I'll, I'll see like that was one I never get to see Jeff Cannonball. So uh, I was fired to see Cannonball and the H2O crew. So I, I hung out with them for a little bit, but uh, I do, I go up and I introduce myself to everybody. Let them know I'm a commentary, let them know, you know, whatever I'm a tool. Like that's what separates kind of me from a lot of commentators is um, I'm not trying to be, you know, crappy, but a lot of, a lot of commentators, have their own agenda or they just they just don't you know they just they do they talk you know what i mean there's not really um i guess a focus so uh i i'm a tool for you uh, i'm a tool for whatever you need if there is a new move if there is a storyline you know maybe not here but in your bigger picture you're trying like let me know and uh the coolest thing is I mean, for sure, like, there are people that don't know me. Like, I, you know, I met Speedball Mike Bailey. I don't think he really knew who I was. I'm not expecting anybody. But I know, you know, that was one that I knew, like, you know, I know your stuff, but anything. And he was like, I'm sure it's fine. Um, it's really cool that a lot of talent, even ones that I, I haven't met, they're like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, I know of you. I, I, I trust you. I, you know, you're going to do your job. And that was something that, like, that show I'm super proud of because – uh, I led, uh, I was the A seat, um, for that show. So I go into a new place, right. And I'm having to like, I'm narrating, you know, me and Scotty did it and he's, uh, he did color and he, you know, he, he did a great job of like sprinkling in, especially, um, and he's a, you know, H2O guy himself. So the H2O match, like I was able, I think I even, I sat that match out. We had a third guy who had never done commentary before um that they use now a little bit um he's really good uh i wish i could remember his stream thing and i put him over but uh it was cool man and it was something i'm really proud of so um i mean i definitely like let them know like in backstage for a show i'm letting you know whatever you need 
I got you. Just let me know. Um, but it, it's something that that fear um, isn't there anymore. Like I, I'm pretty confident in what I do. Um, I'm pretty comfortable in what I know because, um, like I said, I mean, you know, any anybody that's going to be on a show that I'm on, if I don't know you, like I, I assure you, by the time I meet you, I'm going to know you, and I'm going to know like the last year kind of what you've been up to. So um, that's something I'm, I definitely, and that's not everybody does that. I've, I've worked with people that, you know, they don't talk to the talent like at all. And that like blows my mind, you know, I'm like, how are you? And they'll say stuff like in a match that I'm like, nope, we don't want to do that. Like we are doing this. <laughs> um, uh, it, so that's something that I wish more would do, but it, it's weird, man. Like it's a weird thing. And that's another thing that's like really cool about my journey is, it kind of is like sometimes like, you know, talents over here, productions over here, but like, we're in this together. Like we're, you know, that's peanut butter and jelly. We got to go together, baby. Um, and, and that's something that like, like, like me and Dylan, like I might as well put Dylan Hells over real quick. That's my mentor. That's somebody that's helped me get here. Um, that's why we're so good together. It's, we know what we're doing. We know our, I know what my role with Dylan, he knows he can lean on me when he needs to. Um, it's just all about understanding that our job is to do whatever the people in that ring that are putting their bodies on the line. That's what we're trying to, uh, to talk about. And really, you know, that's the stars, man. Like I'm just here to, to, to dribble in a little bit for you at home and not just have dead noise. Like you're watching that in the ring. So why wouldn't I just be, you know, I'd be painting with their, you know, with their paintbrush and, and the colors they need. Yeah. I mean, I owe a lot to Dylan, whether he knows it or not. I mean, for him just doing podcasts with me early on, like that gave me a big stamp of approval for like just just any shred of credibility in like the Southeast indie yeah. scene, you know, just having him on my shows and having him say nice things about me on Twitter and stuff. And and uh, when I had Righteous Jesse and Kevin Q on my show, that helped yep. a lot as well. Like, I mean, because it was same for the same reasons, you know, so I owe a lot to those guys for helping me early on. And they really didn't have to. Yeah, shout out Dylan Hills. For yeah. real. He, he, uh, he's had a hand in a lot of places and, and, you know, there's a reason why. So yeah, for sure. Uh, I owe a lot to him as well. So, uh, yeah, he'll be happy. Uh, I always like letting him know, Hey, you know, shout out my mentor. Who's your mentor? It's you, Dylan. You, it's you. You did. You, you know, I appreciate you. Yeah. He's the man. Doug, you want to take over and uh, lead us through some, uh, some Vincent man talk. Cause I know our chat wants to talk about it and, if you want to send super chats, we'll make sure to address those, by the way. Um, as always, we'll put them up on the screen. We'll read them out. We'll answer your questions. Donation links in the description below works the same way. Um, and hit the thumbs up button as well. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching right now. Very much appreciate everyone who's in here. But, uh, yeah, Doug, you want to? Yeah. Wanna... I mean, with Vince, it's uh, more allegations have come about. I think what the funny thing was, though, is it's like um, – you know, he's basically paid off four women in 16 years. Like, does that sound like someone who hasn't done way more, but just like <laughs> had to actually go to court for those? You know what I mean? Like, there's no way it's just four. Um, I don't know. It, it, did you guys hear what Jericho had to say about it? Yeah, but he, he recorded that <clears throat> interview prior to like the like he. I think he recorded that interview. Are you talking about the true Gordy? Uh, yeah, Jordy, yeah, yeah. Gordy. I always forget how to pronounce his name, but um, the the guy from the UK, very big podcaster on YouTube. Um, right. I I think the clip that I saw of Jericho, if I'm not mistaken, 
he was talking about it, but I think it was recorded after the like the three million or five million dollar one, like the one we had heard about recently. The first one, but yeah, but before yeah. like the twelve million stuff was out there. Yeah, I I just don't know, man. Like I like Vince is a very powerful guy, and I feel like that if he was gonna be gone, he would already be gone. Right. Like, I don't know where the stockholders and all that stuff steps in. That's that's the one that I'm kind of on is where it's like, do is there such a demand for him to resign that he has to? Because if it's just up to him, he's not leaving. And the thing that I always found so crazy about the whole situation is like his number one thing he cares about is creative. He doesn't even care he's a CEO. He just wants to be in charge of creative. So it's like, if if that doesn't go away, then we're really never going to know what the WWE is like without Vince McMahon, right? So that's that's a thing that yeah. I wish we could just kind of see like a trial. <laughs> just, of, just like, can we see what it's like with no Vince for three months? Can we just see what that's like? And then, you know, go from there. But... At the end of the day, what Vince has done is wrong and all that. But, like, I honestly feel like that a lot of this is just what CEOs do. And, like, I don't think that he's much different, honestly. But I, it doesn't it doesn't change my opinion of the guy, though. I've always thought that he was like this. So it doesn't, like, oh, my God, he has to go. Like, he's, he's, he's let you know he is that Mr. McMahon character. Like, that's who he is. <laughs> And part of it, too, is is about, like, the settlements and stuff. Like, I always have a hard time with the whole Me Too thing just because it's, like, how much were the women that were involved were willingly doing this or not? Like, I I just don't know. And that's something that I would like to see come to light, too, because they were willing to take a settlement and just let this thing go. So I I, I just don't know. It's It's a tough situation. But as much as he's done... I feel like that there's no way that he's innocent in this, right? Like eventually he's done something bad. This is not all consensual or whatever the case may be. So in that aspect, he should go, but I just don't know if he will. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got a lot of layers for sure. Cause like if, (coughs) if he's, as far as like his own personal life, I don't really care. Like if he's like cheating on Linda, because it's not like she didn't know. Let's get real. Like this, yeah, that totally everybody seems every, like that's been okay, dude. This is <laughs> a, whatever. Uh, this is a, a Hillary and Bill Clinton type marriage yeah. to me. Like this is not like. I mean, I, I have a feeling Stephanie and Shane weren't shocked when the news came out that their no. that their dad hadn't been faithful to their mom. You know, I mean, I feel like this is, I you know. I, I honestly thought everyone just was aware that these things were happening forever with the WWE. Like I always assumed given like the history of the WWF back in the day and like all the crazy stuff they did in the nineties and all this stuff, Vince, you know, he, like, he used to party with the boys and stuff. Like he'd be at the bar with them taking like doom day devices and stuff at the bar. Like, like he's, you know what I mean? So there's definitely a lot of stuff in his past that he's had to like, try to you know not bring into like public light and i assume that this was just kind of always going on to be completely honest so this it just doesn't seem like new it doesn't seem like um 
it's not shocking to me at all because I just kind of assumed this is kind of what it's been like for a long time. But where it gets murky is like if he's if it's a consensual thing and he's just cheating on his wife and women are agreeing to do that and they're taking millions of dollars to not say anything public about it, that's one thing. But if he's like giving women raises and then when they're having sex and then firing them when they stop, like that becomes a gigantic problem. You know, and those are two different things to me. Like having a personal relationship where you're just like cheating on your wife, like it's a scummy thing to do. Like, I don't agree with people cheating. I would never cheat. I don't feel like you should get married if you're going to cheat on your significant other. Like that's just me personally, but people have their own, their own lives and their own way they do stuff. And if people want to have open relationships or have an agreement, whatever it is, I'm not going to sit here and uh, Vince and Lynn are probably swingers. It says on the screen, Hey, it's possible. And if they are, I'm not going to judge them on that to each his own. Like, I don't really care. But if, if there are things, if there is truth to the idea that maybe like a woman's wrestler, for instance, was giving him oral sex and was getting her money doubled and she got a big push on television and then she stopped doing it. And then she, her contract wasn't renewed shortly after then it's like, Oh, okay. Like that's, that's a power issue that like just can't go on in business. It doesn't matter if you're Vincent man and a billionaire and, and, and in charge of this giant company, or if you're running a mom and pop operation and it's a cashier at a gas station, like you can't, you can't do that to anybody that you have, that you can determine their their livelihood based on on favors they're giving you like that like that's you can't be doing it so but the big problem for Vince or sorry for the the for the people who want to see Vince out he still owns eighty percent of the vote for his own job as CEO of the company and he's not going to vote himself out no. like if anything he'll sell but this might this might this might speed up the sale process but like he's not going to vote himself out of that job so. It's just, it's a very, very strange situation. Mose, you, what would you like to say about this? Do 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 I sound too, ins- do we sound too insensitive about this? Do you think, like, do you think Vince just needs to, boom, he's just got to go? Or like, do you think, like, it's just, it's just too layered and like, it's just too hard to really know what's going to happen. And, and Vince, would Vince vote himself out of his own job? Yeah, man, it's like, um, I mean, it's like a cart. So the cartel, uh, you know, the Don, he can go to jail. But, like, still, he's still calling shots. Like, as long as Vince McMahon's breathing, I'm not going to believe that he doesn't have, I mean, not just some kind of say, but some kind of final say on a lot and probably everything that you're seeing on your screen. Um, And I think the, uh, you know, I think the fan base of the WWE has shown that it's, um, you know, the, I don't watch regularly WWE, but um, that SmackDown, right? when (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't. I mean, it's, I'm just not their audience. Um, Same. But that right, SmackDown yeah. when it was like, like, you know, Vince is going to have a statement. Vince is going to, and then, you know, he came out with that, you know, the Mr. McMahon walk and that place went nuts. Like, they don't <laughs> care. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, still yeah, balance exactly. to him and everything. That's right. So <laughs> as much as like, I do, you know, I agree with what, you know, you, you said there a lot, Jensen, with, uh, you know, it, it's um, it's about power, and you know, you it's just not using it. And I think you're on the money, Doug, bro. Like this is like this stuff probably goes back to like WrestleMania one or before, bro. We're talking yep. like, I mean, there's just more stories than we'll probably ever know. Um, 
So it is, it's, it's one of those, like, I, I, it doesn't really matter what any of us think because like, they're still making money. Um, you know, the same people that are saying, you know, we've seen it. I'll never watch WWE again or tweeting about the pay-per-views and raw and all this. So as long as the empire is there, people are going to watch it no matter what, like, you know, Vince quote unquote is around, isn't around. Like, it's his baby. It's going to be his baby till he dies. Um, or like you're saying, there's a big sell. Um, but it's just like, I mean, I mean, look at, I mean, I hate being that, but like, look at, you know, there's a lot of not great things said about a lot of talent they're using too. You know, I mean, it, it, some of it's, you know, it's probably that gray area. Some's true. Some's probably not, but it's that thing of like, you know, you, when you're that big, you know, you're that big, you have, you're the the guy has all this you know kind of question marks and then talent's got question marks so it's it's not good um but it it, they're still there like they're gonna be there it's the cartel yeah yeah and with vince too like one thing that uh i found interesting was is he showed up at the ufc like he's not trying to to lay low at all. And I was bummed too. Cause man, I was like, dude, I hope this thing is fight of the year. And Vince finally understands why people love MMA. And it was a boring fight. And I'm sure he was like this crap. This is what you've been saying that we're losing to this, you know, but he did come out in the undertaker insurance. So that was dope with Izzy. But um, with Vince too, like, Another thing that I think is kind of eye-opening, right, is like, so Harvey Weinstein, right, like Mm -hmm. he totally went down because it was Hollywood. And people definitely had more sympathy for the women and stuff. I think the public perception of pro wrestling is that people just don't take it serious. So even with these allegations, people are just kind of like, eh, whatever, Vince McMahon, the wrestling world, let, who cares, right? Yeah. Because I feel like that there would be a public outcry if this was some other CEO or some other business. There would be a cancel culture going all after him. And of course, there's certain people, but it just doesn't have any steam. And it's because I feel like that just people don't take pro wrestling as serious. They just don't really care. Um, especially now because it's much more for a niche audience than it was a, on a mainstream level. Like, I feel like if this happened in the Attitude Era, Vince would be in a lot of trouble. But I feel like right now, which you would think during the height of sensitivity and cancel culture, he would be screwed right now. But it also goes to show you that the, the real part of cancel culture is if the powers that be do not have your back. Well, he is the yeah. power. So yeah. he controls it. So he can't get canceled. That's that's what he's showing right now is that he's able to control the narrative because he is the one in power. A lot of these people that are done with can't get bookings or whatever the case may be, it's because the people in power choose not to be a part of them. But what do you do when the one in power is the one that says, hey, it's my show. I do what I want. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And you bring up a good point about uh, like the cartel leader stuff, Moe, because um, I told this story on the spotlight. This is real quick, but my um, basically my, my godfather, he was a vice president, general manager for AT&T for like 30 plus years. Really big position there, was very valuable to the company and recently retired. And when he retired, shortly after, he got a call 
from some guy who owns like authorized retail AT&T locations. Like he has like a franchisee and like he had bought a bunch of these. So he called my godfather and was like, Hey, I heard that you recently retired from your position at AT&T. I need your knowledge. Cause like I own these lo other locations. I'll pay you $200,000 a year for 10 hours a week. And he was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll like, Done. yeah, I'm like, he's, he's still, and he, cause he, he was like, he was like, this is the kind of stuff that, um, this is my dad telling me like about like, his conversation with them. He basically said that he was like, it's the kind of stuff that I do in my sleep. Like, cause I've been doing it for so long. It's literally just me answering a phone for 10 hours a week while I'm hanging out and just answering quick questions. And I was like, and that's the kind of thing where it reminds me of like the idea with Vince is like, even if he's not there all the time, he's yeah. still probably going to be in some sort of position where like he's available to answer his phone, like during his retirement and answer questions that they need answered and stuff. Like he's going to be a part of it to some degree, unless they completely sell and completely clean house. But I don't see them completely cleaning house because it'd be like when the UFC sold, like they, the Fertitas got out, but Dana stayed, made a commitment as president and, they wouldn't have bought the company otherwise because no one else really knows how to run it. Now I yeah. think Nick Khan is being primed to run it. And if not him, it'll be a team of like him, Stephanie and triple H probably like collectively like running, running the ship together or something like that. So in Shane, maybe if he ever comes back, who knows what he's doing right now. Um, but yeah. I think, I think another thing too, that makes it interesting is like Stephanie resign or took a leave of absence and then only came back to be the ceo like that that wasn't that that had to be part of the plan like they knew this was coming out she stepped down yeah and then she came back afterwards and then it's like i think that that could be the key of the future is that maybe vince completely resigns but he's like the shadow ceo where he's actually running things but it's yeah. through stephanie or something like that like I just don't see him going away, especially this way. If Vince is going out, he's going out on his terms. He's not going to have some yep. some like scandal take him out. But we'll see. I don't know. I think that's part of the reason why he's showing up everywhere right now, too, is like part of it is like a yep. middle finger to everybody. Yep. And a part of it is like a 100%. retirement tour. It's like if I, if I do get canceled, like I'm going out and everyone's going to see me go out as as Vince McMahon. Damn it. You know, like his, yeah. his, you know, so yeah, we'll, uh, the character. yeah, yeah, we'll see. We got a super chat. This is an interesting one. Yeah, um, this is a good one. Yeah. All right. From so dirty. Yeah. From dirty. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. So. Yeah. Appreciate it. Dirty. Thanks for the super chat. Who is better in the ring between Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit? So we'll just say whatever Chris Benoit did, all that stuff, scratch that. Let's just talk about in ring wrestler. Yeah. Um, that's tough. Not gonna lie. It, it uh, to me, it kind of depends on what your favorite, what you prefer. I think like athletically gifted freak is definitely Kurt Angle, but I think like Benoit is just such like a dedicated technician and was so intense. So it just kind of depends on what you prefer. Um, me personally, I'm taking Kurt Angle, but I I think it's really close. Yeah, what do I they were amazing together. Yeah, I was a huge fan of both. Um, yep. I would probably – oh, man, that is – that's. Uh, I guess I, I would probably – 
probably have to lean a little bit towards Kurt Angle um, because of the – It's like you're saying, it, I mean, they both just so great in the ring, but Kurt was just so – it was that, that next level, the entertaining, the entertaining um, while he's as technically and putting on, you know, matches across all those promotions, Perk Angle, like all that, bro. Perk so, yeah, yeah, I, I'd go Kurt. Perk yeah, Perk, Angle, the Perk Angle run in TNA is – very slept on God. for everyone who missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a good video actually recently. Uh, Marky D on YouTube did a video of the whole perk angle um, uh, run from the time where he oh. seemed like he got really into perks through sick, you know? Yeah. So happy um, he's clean now, but that was, that well, was absolutely there was some moments there. There's some yeah, moments I think, I think Randy Orton's uh, best stuff was when he was on cocaine when he, in like 2004. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Like, I think oh. that he was peak in <laughs> like that really whole, good stuff there. Yeah. yeah, that whole like intercontinental title run up to getting the, the world championship from Benoit at SummerSlam. Like that's when he was at his peak and uh, he was, he was on cocaine then, but yeah. he was very like, cocky but intense like he he had he had that uh potential and then like i feel like he got sober for the most part and just like found weed and he got really like mellow and kind of paint by numbers and just kind of laid off stuff but you know and we can go with the 80s too i mean all those guys were on something and yeah, they were look, amazing you know what i mean that entire and any pick any of your favorite stars yeah. from the 1980s they were all on cocaine all yeah for them. sure yeah, like there's no way the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage yep. and Hulk Hogan and those guys were. No I mean, way. Come on, let's get real. Um, no way. The, the promos alone are the are the work of Blow. <laughs> like, I bet Mean Gene. I bet Mean Gene was like Hogan. Yeah. You know, have you taken it yet? Like, okay, he's like, come on in. Then he's like, well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. You know. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> um, to answer the this question with the super chat, um, I'll go Kurt Angle as well. Um, both. I mean technically speaking both were fantastic uh angle had a little bit more of the charisma and the the entertainment factor like mo said um it was it was very at the time it was great to watch the rise of of benoit becoming the world champion in wwe yeah. because he was a guy who yep. i remember him, him winning the world title in wcw and being so like happy he had done it because i was a fan of him when he was like the tv champion and the u.s champion and all that so the the four horsemen uh, that he was with like malenko and mongo and, and all that and like so i was very invested in benoit for a very long time um unfortunately all of his his big moments and stuff i just i can't i can't support it and you know, it's like, I can't go back and watch it. You know, I just have too many weird yeah. feelings and I almost Same. feel guilty to a degree, like watching the dude land headbutts and get hit in the head with a chair for my entertainment, just knowing like, like what That's he did what and like what be. might have caused it and stuff. It just kind of like, so it's one of those things where it's very hard for me to objectively look at Chris Benoit's wrestling career anymore. Cause it does intertwine too much with the end of his life to me, unfortunately, but yep. Kurt Angle, Either with even with the personal stuff out of the way with Benoit, um, I would still think I still think Kurt Angle was a better all round wrestler, and he and he became a big star way quicker than Benoit did as well. Um, yeah. Benoit had to put a lot of work in on the Indies, of course. But of course, Angle put that work in on the Olympics. But like, you know, we're getting into wrestling within like a year. He's you know he's trained and has become, you know, the world champion pretty much within like a year, year and a half or whatever of like starting. 
So, I mean, and he was so good. He can go in the ring with anybody. And yeah, so I, I would, you know I would what, do Kurt Angle. You know, what's really slept on in my opinion is the Kurt Angle moonsault. Like yeah. when I first saw that, I was just like, yep. good God, how could he pull that off that well? Just being like an amateur wrestler, like but when amazing. He, when he yep. landed on Hardcore Holly's arm, that was like, yeah, yeah, that was rough. Ooh. I'll never forget that. Ooh. I'll I'll never forget how he took the one off the cage and Austin's on commentary and he's just like, oh, like <laughs> God, that had to hurt. And Kurt like didn't <laughs> hesitate at all; just took it like, all right, here we go. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, Kurt was. Kurt was really fun to watch. It's he's one of those though that like I really almost feel guilty like how much I never wanted him to stop and it wasn't worth it in the end. Like that guy yeah. is in constant pain. I see him at these conventions and stuff. He can't stand up to take pictures with people. He has to be sitting down. His neck can only go so much and he's just like this. Like it's just one of those things that like I really enjoyed his run, but I really wish he would have stopped before, you know, like, you know, you break your neck four times or five times, like that probably should have been the end. And he just kept it going. And I mean, granted, he left an amazing career and I think his TNA career slept on as well. But uh, it, it, it kind of sucks because, you know, I'm 39 now and I'm starting to see a lot of like the results of some of these long careers and some of them aren't pretty man. And some of them don't have a happy ending. And uh, I hope Kurt doesn't turn out to be one of those. Like he, he seems in a good place and all that stuff, but you just never know what he is but he really put his body through it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Kurt, Kurt, Kurt was great though. At least. Yeah. Oh. I mean, we were all robbed of a freaking UFC run from him too. Yes. Yes. I just I wonder how good his submission defense would have been. That would be my only one because he would definitely have gotten it to the ground. He definitely would have been able to pass guard. He would have been able to do that type of stuff. I just don't know if he would have been able to to get out of submissions. Dude, but you know better than anybody. Like, imagine if he got into the game when like Tito was was ruling when like like his level of wrestling was enough to beat everybody yep. for the in light heavyweight division. But see, the only thing about like, like, heavyweight with control. You look at Kevin. Only. You look at Kevin oh, yeah. Randleman though, right? Mm -hmm. Like Hammerhouse, like yeah, amazing wrestler, freak athlete, but always got tapped. Like he 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 never took it that extra mile because a lot of those guys didn't really like train hardcore everything they were like good at yeah. one thing yeah. and uh that would be my biggest concern with kurt was like would he have been like a full well-rounded or would he have been more just like focusing on his athleticism and and trying to get like ground and pound and whatever else you know you if the ufc would have been how it is now like back then without hesitation and without all the ultimate fighter BS, like they would have just booked Kimbo slice versus Kurt angle on paper. Yes. Like right oh, now, for sure. You know, for sure. And like they, 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 they messed that up because that's, you know how much thing. money Kimbo and Jake Paul would have done. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. That Absolutely. would have been huge now. Like there's oh, yeah. a lot of like, like freak show Ooh. stuff wasn't necessarily that big of a deal back then. And now I think that there's so much stuff that they could have booked that would have been huge. We're getting Le'Veon Bell versus Adrian Peterson in a yeah. boxing match. I saw that. Yeah. 
That's Soul wild. Vikings. Yeah, but the, I'm taking AP. But there's an audience for it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Adrian Peterson time. Let's go. I'm excited. <laughs> Skull Vikings. Skull I can Vikings. see you. I can see you. You're like Vikings uh, shirt, like Hold rooting it. them on. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and speaking of that, I mean, like Jake Paul's got a new opponent now, and you know yep. they're like I Nate see Diaz Rockmont Jr. Yeah, Rock My Gina. It's so funny. My brother has just by complete accident, pretty much, he bought one of those like mystery boxes that has like signed memorabilia in it. And it had a, uh, his, this guy's dad's glove signed, which is just funny because we always oh. would just be like, yeah, like, but it was always like, he was like, I guess he was like good, like way back in the day. I don't know. Oh, Hasim, oh, Hasim Rockman's legit. He knocked oh, yeah. out Linus. He he knocked out Linux Lewis, and yeah. he he fit. He ended Linux Lewis's title reign, and then they had a rematch in Africa, and Linux knocked him out. But like he was uh, he was being slept on, and and no, like he put Linux Lewis out cold, knocked and him out was, cold. He was called the Rock, right? That was his. Yeah, he fought. He fought Evander yeah. Holyfield. He had his head swollen out to here one time, but like he's fought like the who's who. If I was Jake Paul, they're they're dropping the ball right now. I'm not promoting this fight as Jake Paul versus Son of the Rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, like I seen Rockman is no like just whatever. Like he he's legit. Well, we're hoping that that glove becomes much more valuable if Jake Paul gets beat by his son. Um, Rockman Rockman fought Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, James Tony, Klitschko. Like he's he's legit. You have seen that James Tony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rand, yeah, right. Randy Couture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's interesting because, like, in the way that Jake was hammering him on the press conference, was basically like, "You're just trying to go in your daddy's footsteps. You don't love this. I'm gonna tear you apart. Like, you're not." Your dad can't bail you out of this. It's just me and you in there, like stuff like mm. that. So it'll be interesting. But one thing I found interesting was is Hasim Rockman Jr. said that he would tie one arm behind his back for sparring with Jake. Like they wouldn't allow him to have both hands. And they were told like you can only be at a certain stance for Jake because he's not used to this and that. And Rockman mm. still was supposed to got the better of him in uh in sparring so it'll be interesting because jake feels like he's at a completely different level now so it'll be interesting uh how that fight goes i know that hasim rockman jr has had over 100 amateur fights but he just got knocked out his last fight so he has a ton of experience but i don't know necessarily how good he is but if, if they'll let Nate Diaz get out of this contract, if he can just fight whoever and get this thing done, I think the perfect fight for him is Kevin Holland. I think it, it's huge for for Kevin. And if Kevin can win that fight, then you know they can really put the marketing machine behind him. And it's still a winnable fight for Nate. So it's like it's not like a Chimaev type fight that people really wouldn't be into. Like they'd be into it, but they wouldn't feel like Nate has a big chance. So I feel like if they could give him the Kevin Holland fight and just get this thing done, then that would be ideal. Yeah. I like the idea of that. Would watch. Um, yeah. The, um, 
I'm gonna. I, I'm interested to see the odds a little bit closer to the fight for Jake Paul versus Rockmod Jr. Because allegedly, I might wind up throwing a little bit on on that. I, I, I love watching Jake Paul's fights. Um, if Jake Paul's the underdog, uh, maybe we'll do something there. Speaking of, um, one of the so once again, allegedly, hypothetically, you know, this past weekend watching the UFC fights. If I were have to make some bets, the you know some of the things I might have done um, in the state of Georgia, you know, you can't sports bet. You can't in Tennessee either, can you? Uh, did we just make it where you can? We might be able to. You bet. might. You might now. Everyone's getting it now. It's Georgia. I think. I think it's stupid. been passed, but I don't know if it's actually just legal yeah, yet. Maybe that's yeah. 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 So it's so stupid. Like the law is so stupid. But anyways. Um, I'm gonna hold it to these damn midterms. Like, look, you want my vote? Make this damn yeah. uh, gambling legal. We'll see what happens. Come on. Yes, legalize something else for me too. Like, please, that you get my vote. Um, so, so Cody Brundage was on this show. I put money on him. Um, in a in a parlay, it was a two fight parlay for I think ten dollars, and I took Cody Brundage to beat Trajan Gore. Based yep. completely on my, so my brother, for those who might not know, my brother owns like a small boxing gym in Atlanta and he knows kind of a lot of what goes on in town. It, like when people spar and, you know, people all kind of talk to each other and you see people at events and, and different gyms and stuff like that. And my brother was like, dude, this Trajan Gore, I try not to laugh saying it because I don't want to sound disrespectful. This is such a dick thing. This guy fights in the UFC. It's like, this is, my brother was like, I've heard of multiple people in the in multiple gyms like making this guy making this guy cry. They beat him so bad, and like they're they're not UFC level guys doing it to him. And I was like, inside info. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah. So let me put so we put a bunch of money on his opponent. It was not a bunch of money. We put ten bucks on his opponent, but it was in a parlay with uh, with Michael Johnson to win by KO or TKO. And Michael Johnson lost. And he yeah. and he dropped him in the first round. It didn't yep. didn't uh, didn't get the finish, um, but it was like a ten dollar bet to win like four fifty. And had he just finished that fight, that's four fifty off ten bucks. Like those are the kind of bets I'm always putting in. It's like that kind of stuff, and I keep missing that kind of stuff by so little. But yeah, yeah. Michael Johnson really effed me, man. He really, really, like he 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 knocked Amy Malarkey down. And just went for like a weird north south, like he like laid on him, and yeah, and just yeah, and just gave up his whole opportunity. So anyway, we got a, another super chat, Corey yes. Osborne. Appreciate it, man. Um, thoughts on death before dishonor? I feel like the build hasn't been great, and forty dollars seems too expensive. So I'll say this: I think that at least it's ten dollars cheaper than the normal AEW pay per view. So I'll give it that that they're at least looking at it as a different kind of tier and not the exact same because that would be stiff um i'll say that the build hasn't been the best because it has been pretty quick and it's kind of like oh by the way we're we're doing ring of honor uh and they sold tickets to like the week they announced like all the matches but it's a pretty damn good card so i'm not i'm not hating on it too bad like i'm looking forward to the show the fact that we get briscoes versus ftr2 is fantastic. I was at the first one. Um, I, I it was it was it was one of the most like 
I've never really been in a in a with a crowd like that. Like I got to the venue, there wasn't a lot of energy, so that had me kind of concerned. This is WrestleMania weekend; it's kind of spread out. Everybody's everywhere. The people at the collective, there's people at WrestleCon. You know, you name. You don't know. You don't know if you're gonna be stuck in line behind like the biggest Nia Jax fan in the world, right? Like you, yeah. you, you. It's a mixed bag, right? <laughs> yeah. And then it's kind of like. Did people buy this just so they could see like a couple of AEW people or are they like actually ROH hardcore fans or what? So get in the venue and it's like, okay, like these people kind of know like what's going on. All right. You know, they're, they're saying they're like cheering for Alex Zane and stuff. So it's not like they're like, who, what, who were these people? Right. So it's like, okay, this is going to go well. And then it's like, it'll be good, but I don't think it'll be this home run that Tony was hoping for. And then, man, like, Briscoe's and FTR came out, and it was like they just gave everybody energy drinks. Like, the whole place, just seats that I couldn't see, like, that were filled, all of a sudden are filled. Everyone's going crazy. The people are in it the entire time. And I had never seen that. It's literally like Tony Khan just, like, flipped a switch, and everybody just woke up. Like, it was wild. And I've seen – I've been to a bunch of shows – and I had never seen anything like that or felt that. And like, if I could just like put that in a bottle, because you know, like wrestlers say, like, oh, it's that adrenaline rush that you get, and like, if you could just put that in a bottle, it's like a drug. But like, honestly, just being in the crowd is like a drug. Like, just yeah. being able to get that hit is like it feeds your soul. And so, like, when I was there and, like, I felt that, I was just like, oh, my God. And, then, and the great part about that, too, was is I didn't know what I was getting at WrestleMania. I didn't know what what type of crap that I would have to see. So, like, at least I knew that after this show, my trip wasn't a waste, right? So, like, it was a, it was a great night. I'm surprised they're already doing, too. But, honestly, I'm kind of thankful because I was really worried the Briscoes were canceled. And the fact that they're able to be used again gives me hope that they're not going to be. And so uh, I'm really, I'm really excited about the Briscoes FTR. I think it's been the match; it was the match of the year, and I think that, uh, that for them to run it back is worth the pay per view alone. And then you get Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia, and you know they've already gone an hour, so like they have great chemistry, and nobody knows that, which is awesome. Yeah. So like that that crowd that's going to order that pay per view are, are going to be blown away by those guys. Because that's another thing too is they're kind of like the sidekick of the Jericho Appreciation Society. He's kind of the sidekick of the the Blackpool Combat Club, even though he had the match with Moxley, right? But like people really haven't been able to see these guys like shine, and I think they're really yeah. going to be able to shine. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I think Serena Deeb should become the ROH Women's Champion. I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm all for that. She's facing um, Martinez. And then um, I don't really know what they're doing with Jonathan Gresham. Like, Well, he, he just was, turned heel, and it's going to be him and Moriarty. On Rampage. On, on Rampage, right. So, like, right. Where, what does that lead to? So that's, that's what I'm curious about there, because he's got to defend that title. And then yeah. we also get Joe versus Lethal. So it's a pretty good pay-per-view, if you ask me. Um, and I trust Tony Khan. He just goes out there and he really delivers. Uh, I'm usually always happy with his show. So um, I'm looking forward to the show. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for the super chat, by the way. Yeah, um, I can't really add much to that. I'm, I'm excited for the show. Just hope just hope it's good. It's it's 
worth 40 bucks in my opinion for sure yeah. like yeah we'll get if there's one thing that people i think can count on is that tony khan is going to give you your money's worth on pay-per-view so and what i love about tony is he has a press conference afterwards because he's not ashamed of what he put out there you know what i mean like he's he's proud of it he he can't wait to answer questions because he know he just he knows he delivered. Like he can't wait to hug next, the wrestlers, man. He's like, oh for sure. He, he had such a good time. Like it's so funny the difference between seeing him, you know, at a pros fight presser for AEW or like him in the war room with the Jaguars during draft. Like he's in like a suit and like just sitting there and probably like kind of nervous and like you know in in this he's like squeezing cesaro like like smiling just like in, in heaven <laughs> like his, his heroes are, are working for him now well it's kind of awesome. like there's a there's a chain of command right like when it comes mm. to um pro wrestling or when it comes to football it's kind of like okay we have this many scouts we have this many coaches and all this stuff he's the number one guy in wrestling so it's just like when his company so it's just like hey i can do what i want you know total freedom <laughs> so and he's not like his dad's not always around. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like it's a much better environment for him. And he's totally free to do what he wants. And, hey, I mean, I I love the guy. I think he's been a complete home run. Uh, yeah. Do I think he's nerdy? Yeah. Do I think that he's kind of uh, uh, socially awkward? Yeah. But I could care less because he delivers great wrestling shows. And that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Want to get into a couple uh, – there's two more things I wanted to talk about um, before the end of the show. Um, one of them, well, I'll tell you what the two topics are. They're in the, they're in the title and we'll just uh, kind of go from there as we wrap the show up for the last half hour or so last 20 minutes or so. Um, it's uh, IWTV having GCW back. I want to talk to Moe's about that. And yeah. um, also we have Ortega versus Rodriguez. And I wanted to get um, predictions from all three of us for the main event of that one. Um, yeah, so, uh, when it comes to GCW and IWTV, I'll just say personally, like, I'm just happy to see a resolution to this, a settlement, yeah. if you will. Um, because now we have the settlement series, which is funny because GCW, like, just can't help themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like they're going to be defiant no matter what. So it's like, we got to be on the platform. We'll call it the settlement series. IWTV is playing along now. I like it. I like that they've, they've figured this out together. Um, cause I'm. I'm a fan of GCW and I'm a fan of IWTV. So it's like, I wanted to see both succeed together. So Mose, how do you feel now that that's all kind of over? There's been a resolution. GCW's running shows on IWTV again and, and all that stuff. I, man, I, I'm like you, I'm happy for it, man. I'm a fan. Um, I obviously work a lot. I mean, I don't, I guess technically work for IWTV. Like, I mean, I guess I get paid by IWTV, but I feel I'm a contractor, you know, I work wherever, but a lot of the stuff I'm on is IWTV. I feel, you know, very like attached there because of that and because of getting to know everybody. Um, I mean, it's good for IWTV. Let's be honest. Like it, it's it, yeah. GCW's GCW at this point, they're the biggest, you know, independent promotion that's not on weekly television. Like, they they're that spot like you know brett can do whatever he wants and gcw is going to be fine so uh i'm happy for it i was very like you're saying this uh, the name and the graphics <laughs> and all i was kind of like 
<laughs> what are we going to get? I had talked to some of the people on it and I had heard some things and I was like, you know, we'll see. And it wound up being this first show was like a, a lot of fun. I didn't get to watch it live. Um, but I went back because, you know, I, I got, of course, I, I'm bad about, um, I watch, you know, I call so much wrestling now that I don't watch a lot of full other shows. I watch matches of my friends that I don't get to see a lot, like like Jordan Oliver, um, like, you know, Alec Price. I've got to know him pretty well the, the this year. So um, I, I went back and had to watch, and, and anything with Effie is gold, right? I mean, Effie is a superstar. So I was happy, like you said, they, they had fun with it. They're always going to be GC-dub. Um, that show was a blast. I mean, you saw on Twitter – a lot of people were saying, like, you know, this has been my favorite GCW show start to finish in a while. Um, I'm excited to see what they do, you know, with it when they are because it's, it's good for IWTV. And it's it's just different, man. Like, you get to see the talent have fun. Like, all the stuff with Akira and Mosh on that show was fun. You know, you got great matches like Alec and, and uh, Marcus Mathers. And, you know, uh, it's just – it's – it's good for us, the fan, and that's never a bad thing. Yeah, I've, I've had people ask me, like, when I, you know, like, hey, how do you feel about GCW being on IWTV or like versus Fight TV or, you know, YouTube and so on and so forth? And I'm like, I wish, I mean, YouTube's free, so I mean, that's a little bit different, but I'm yeah, like, I wish it, I wish it was all on IWTV because it's 10 bucks a month. Like, I'd rather pay 10 bucks a month and just get all of it on the streaming service and have to pay, you know, 20 bucks every time I bought GCW on fight, you know, personally, I'd rather just I'd spend less money and I'm already on IWTV all the time. You can use code fight talk, by the way, on IWTV if you want to help support, but, um, do it. but, and also, also, uh, also sure. think that would help like, uh, some of the smaller shows because then it's like people that would never watch smaller independents and just have been getting GCW would see smaller stuff on IWTV and then they would also be like pushing GCW to book these guys. And it just, it kind of works if it's under all one house. I think that that would be beneficial for everyone. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's funny how, um, when that, the whole kind of issues started being a real big problem between GCW and IWTV, it was mainly from what I remember it could be wrong, but from what I remember, it was because they ran the 24-hour YouTube show. And IWTV was like, wait, we have exclusive rights with you guys. Like, you can't... And, and like, the amount of people that would have subscribed to IWTV that didn't because they got it all for free on YouTube, like, that was a big a big part of the issue from what I remember. Do you remember, Moses? Am I, am I right about that? Or? Um, the basis of it was... I mean, yeah, like... You know, con, you know, things were signed and it, uh, you know, was, yeah, like it was going to be, you know, we're, we're going to have our shows here. And then, you know, some opportunities happened, I guess, for GCW and, you know, things may have been a little better for them, um, you know, for that brand and for them personally versus them working with. Uh, so, you know, obviously, I didn't see any comment. I don't know all the details. This is just kind of what I've heard and people, you know, put together. But I mean, it is that thing of you know, if things were signed and this and that, then like that's really tough. Um, 
but it's I think it showed that you know IWTV has a great track record with their productions. You know, I'm not saying it's perfect. Like internet happens, and but like you know they they put on a, a you know nine times out of ten good production. You're not having buffer issues. You know, commentary sounds good. It's good. You know, just great production all around. Um, which you know that's some other sites have issues, and and I know it's no one's fault. It just those things happen. So that's another great thing about having, you know, GCW on IWTV is, you know, you know, barring something crazy, you're going to have, you know, really good start to finish. Um, you're not going to be losing the stream or anything like that, but uh, it is, it's, it's great to see. It's great to see uh, that on there. Like you were saying, Doug, I mean, it, it's a great, you know, GCW brings in all kinds of fans. And it's like you're saying too, about those names on this ring of honor show for some of these fans, you know, if you're not watching AEW, like I don't watch a ton of AEW. I watch Eddie Kingston. I watch, um, you know, my friends like I, you know, Garcia, Wheeler, like Lee. These guys that we've been watching for years, and now this audience gets to, you know, hey, you know, is it worth forty dollars for Daniel Garcia Wheeler unit? I'm like, bro, that is like that alone is a match. You know, Samoa Joe by himself walking out with just a towel. I'll pay thirty dollars just to see. They didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so that's the beauty of this kind of working out. Hopefully, uh, because it doesn't. You know, you you shell out that ten bucks a month for for just the GCW show, which is GCW fans. Everyone knows. You know, those shows cost more than ten dollars. So, yeah. um, you know, you, you get that show, and then hey, you know, maybe you've heard that. Action Wrestling had so-and-so a few months ago or, you know, ICW, one of my favorite matches um, ICW's put on was Mania weekend a couple of years ago in Florida. Daniel Garcia and Brett Eisen in that tough man competition was sick. Like, it was sick, dude. So uh, that's the beauty of this streaming site is that is you come and you see, you know, you, Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver, and then you find out, oh, I got yeah. this other show from a month ago. So um, I hope things go great because, I mean, that first show was a home run. Well, and, and speaking of like tying it in with like GCW and IWTV, I find the timing of this very, very interesting. I'm not, I'm not calling conspiracy on this or anything to suggest the timing is interesting to me. So there was a guy who was being very, very heavily pushed in GCW that was abruptly left the company very weirdly. Yes. Um, the, the promoter was saying a lot of weird stuff. The wrestler was saying a lot of weird stuff. Nobody really knew who to believe. Very strange. That man, Atticus Kogar. Yeah, I was about to say. I could say his is, name if you're not going is, to. Is not, he, he is now the number one contender for AC Max IWTV title. Yeah. So now I'm sitting here like spinning my wheels being like, dude, is he going to win that title? And now that like GCW is back on IWTV, like if he popped That'd in as like dope. the IWTV champion – like that would be like, dude, and I and I'm not gonna sit here because like there might be like real, real issues between like him and Brad and and like I I really, really, honestly don't know. Never say never, Stephen. But I'm just saying the timing. I'm just like, dude, if Atticus, because they were really building Atticus to being the GCW World Champion, and then he's just mm-hmm. gone. And now I'm like, wait, he just attacked AC Mac for the and, and like he's calling for that title, and like I love AC Mac, but I think it's very possible Atticus could beat him for that championship. I think it's I think it's very possible i'm not saying it's likely or that i want to see it happen i'm just saying i could i could see it happen and yeah i don't know i think that's question. very interesting question gcw question 
and this is not going into detail about what's going on, but like Atticus was kind of built up to be the next guy, right? AJ Gray was kind of built up to be the next guy, and he's kind of gone now. What what do you do for GCW? Who should be that next guy that takes that belt off Moxley and is actually their champion? Well, they're they want you to believe it's gonna be Blake Christian, but I don't think it's going to be. I, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Um, he doesn't suck great, or anything. I just person. I just don't know like if he's the guy to do that. Yeah. It really felt like AJ was gonna be the guy. Um, 100%. But there's you know, there's yeah. a lot surrounding that currently. So like I For don't sure. want to get into all that, but like but it but, was a head scratcher when Moxley beat him at spring break. I was just like I was yeah, there agreed. and I and I was just like I didn't see that. I didn't think that was yeah. gonna happen. And for Blake, well, see, it's part of the thing with Mox being the champion, though, is like kind of regardless of, I mean, obviously they have to have some sort of plan of who is going to get the big rub from beating Mox eventually for that belt. But like, I also don't fault GCW for just keeping the title on Mox as long as they can. Like, as long as they have access to him, the amount of eyes that he brings in is unreal, especially when they're running shows that are like in the same town as like when the WWE or AEW is around and stuff. And like, I mean, so it's very smart business. I do kind of miss the championship being like defended, defended. often. Like when Nick Gage yeah. was the champion, it was like he was always out there defending and stuff. And the title really meant, I mean, the title means a lot always, but like, you know, you know what I mean by that? A defending champion who's there all the time. Um, I, so the people that I'm thinking to kind of answer your question, I don't think it'll be Blake Christian. Of all the people that they're building right now that are getting quality wins right now that I can consider to be because I think the guy to beat him is gonna have to be more of like almost like a homegrown GCW guy, someone who might have been working elsewhere but isn't known to the mainstream audience really. And so and I'm not just saying this because Mo's on the show because I know he's gonna like jump and immediately agree with me, but like my front runner right now, if built correctly, is probably Jordan Oliver. Love it. I absolutely loved uh, – that was a name I would say because of everything you just said. Jordan is GCW through and through. Uh, absolutely loves that company. That's a reason uh, we haven't had him on KBK show yet. It's just Jordan's dates are so crazy. Um, I, I would uh, – that's a one million percent name I would agree with. The wild card, I would say, and this is – it ties in with Jordan Oliver because Jordan Oliver – has been working out with this guy and I know you're going to say, all right, all right, you know, you're going to say, you know, I'm going this, like never count out Nick Gage. I know never he's, he's out. lifting weights again. He's looking yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. He's that feels like, because you have to see both. Nick Gage is right. losing weight. Yeah. He's Jordan Oliver has been posting videos of them working yeah, out together. In yeah. the gym. Oh, okay. Jordan's helping him, you know, lose some weight and one last and, run. I'm, I don't put it past Nicky, man. Nick Gage is one that loves this, loves not just his business through and through, but loves, you know, what what MDK, GCW, that's, you know, they're tied forever. So I, 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 I've said this, but like there is nothing like a Nick Gage entrance live. There's not nothing there's, in this world. Like, nope. and, and that's another one that would kind of felt like the, the light switch just got turned on. Like, it's one of those yeah. things that, like, when that bell rings and it's just like, okay, here we go. And it brings out the intensity in everyone. And it's, uh, it's, it's a spectacle, man. If you, if you haven't felt that before as a wrestling fan, you're missing out because it is freaking awesome. I, I could just go just for his entrance. I don't even need a match. I just need the entrance. Like, give it to me because it's awesome. I, 
I had a kind of a weird experience and Moses was there too. But like when he, when Gage was at the basement East to wrestle Brett, it was weird because like Brett was way more over in that building yeah. than, than Gage was. And like a lot of the locals that like go to sub shows really didn't know Gage that well. Like it was like one of those things, like if you know, you know, like I, I was, he, he knocked me during his entrance and I was like, Oh yeah. Like this is, that was cool. Like I, I was glad that Nick Gage just gave me knocks, like felt pretty good, but like, but it was one of those things where I'll never forget him him walking out of like the curtain and like it was like kind of like he wasn't it wasn't like a Nick Gage entrance. Like people weren't jumping around and moshing and all that stuff. They were just kind of like watching him walk to the ring. And I just remember him yelling, like, Oh, you don't know, you're about to find out. You're about to find <laughs> out. And then I was just like, Oh, okay. Like, and then like within minutes of like, and also Jesse did a great job uh replay kind of yep. being the moj that night of like doing the full-blown nick gage entrance that you're used to hearing and um i always i always um like jesse a lot on 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 uh ring announcing i know he's yeah. he's stepped back uh more recently but like him and emil are very comparable in a lot of ways yep. to me the way that they scream and like really get you into it and stuff but yeah i i so i've seen nick gage live well i've seen him live in on G, in gcw as well since then and so I have experienced like the real entrance, but like the first time I saw him live, it was so weird. Cause like Brett was so much over than he was. And, but I just, I just remember him just yelling that the crowd was about to find out. And like, by the time the match happened, they, you know, he was super over. So it's like, I told Steven, I was like, it was like, uh, cause the, the way the venue is, it's called the Houston premier arena, but it's like just a little warehouse and it's maybe got like 200 maybe 300 people max in that thing but everything is aluminum around it right so like people beat on the walls so um nick gage is coming out and it's funny because the crowd's just chill you know i think they just watched like a, a lucha match or something but like it's like you know but that's like i told steven it was like it felt like just everything went dark and evil took over everyone and then just started banging <laughs> on the walls and like mdk mdk everybody's throwing up the signs and i was just like oh my god and then you know he's about to beat the crap out of this woman and uh and then when he's having the match i'm noticing like i'm like dude this dude's like the hulk hogan of hardcore because he's all like calling for for like you want me to use this you want me to use yeah. this pizza cutter and all this <laughs> stuff i'm like he kind of has charisma here like it, it just threw me off right but uh it was awesome and and like i had never seen him live before and then i ended up going to aw in austin and outcomes or it was dallas one of them but it was all like through a loop of like i went to like three aw shows in texas within like four weeks or something but MJF says, you know, this guy's robbed a bank. And I was like, oh, it's, it's Nick Gage. And Nick Gage comes out, and I lost my mind. And I'd say, like, maybe 30% of the crowd knew who he was. Yeah. But uh, it was it was dope. Like, uh, that was a really fun time. That whole Cardona feud is one of my favorite feuds in the, in the entire, like, year because it was just such a huge contrast. And they each have their own loyal fan base. And like to just put them in that yeah. environment for Cardona to really go for it in that death match, like that's one of my all-time favorites. I love that feud. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Nick Gage rules. Yeah, Nick MDK. Um, what? What? Yeah. Real quick, question. Effie is that completely out of out of your mind as a champion in your opinion? Because I think yeah. that he he probably could do it. I, yeah, I he could. He, I, I, he seems very. Uh, they seem very. Uh, him and Ali uh, Bussy seems like the goal. Like, you know, right. that's the kind of mission right now. But no, man, I totally like. Effie feels very much like a name to throw in the hat there. That just, I, I think he and Ali, that's like, that's almost, I mean, not almost, it feels like that's an attraction now for GCW is seeing those two as a team. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Um, two of the most over, just consistently yeah. over wrestlers that they have, like that, that, that are there regularly. Um, well, and then like if they ever had a women's title, she could win it, and then yeah. Effie could be the men's champion, and I think that yeah. they could pull yeah. that off, being just like the most overact, and then every now and then tag team together. Still, like, I, I think that like if you're talking about home brand type champion, I think Effie could be one of the guys. Yeah, the the, the crazy thing though is like when I think of Allie, I think of yeah, like no I've definitely seen I've definitely seen Allie wrestle more men than I've seen her wrestle women. Like that, like easily, no. easily. Yeah. Um for sure. You know, but it is yep. it is it would be nice to see how do I say this? Like I think her being a women's champion would lead to more high level women getting opportunities on GCW because they could yep. wrestle her in those matches and yep. <clears throat> but I also don't want to see like I like I I prefer to watch Ali wrestle just the best wrestlers. I'm in the same boat with someone like Masha Slamovich. Like I'm never watching yep. a Masha Slamovich match thinking like she can't hold her own. It's the same kind of thing with Sadika and Deathmatch is like yeah. she's dishing it as bad as she's taking it. Like I don't feel bad for her. Like this is this is she's doing what she wants to do. Like and it's in in at a very high level. Like so the, fir- the first time I saw Masha was uh she was uh against Roxy in a street fight. They opened the match and they went to war, man. And I was like, damn. Um <laughs> but like but like uh Roxy speared her through a through like a door on the turnbuckle and like they were using chairs and all sorts of stuff like they went to war that match and I was like yeah. damn she is uh she's legit and now she's like on impact and stuff so like yep. it, it, it's it's pretty cool seeing a lot of these people on the indie starting to get more opportunities and and it's it's just weird though to me like like there's GCW and then there's everything else, and it's like, what is that step now? Because AEW will take the independence, but I think it's weird that WWE is out of that game pretty much. So yeah. it's kind of like uh, it used to be really spread out, and now it's like if AEW isn't interested, then like the height that you can get to is GCW or like Impact, basically. And so it's kind of to see like – Who's going to take that next step, basically, and who can, who can keep growing their roster? Yeah. Well, you know the thing with Effie and Alley Catch also, and I hate to say this because this wasn't their fault at all, but like Effie should have definitely beat Jeff Jarrett. Alley Catch should have definitely beat Ruby Riot. Like, yeah. like they're, you know what I mean? Like that. I think that there were plans for for Effie to eventually get win that whole Jarrett thing. Like they they were, were still building it, yeah. And then and now Jarrett's time to WWE again, and it looks like that's probably not going to happen. And it's like how convenient. I know, and it's like that's I hate that for someone like Effie because like yeah. 
if he would have went over in that, he had so much momentum. I mean, he still does, and he's still one of the most over people they have. But it's just, you know, this loss is like that where you're just like, damn. Because, like, I was really, I, you know, I, I remember after the show, those were, like, some of my few gripes of the show was, like, some of the wrong people just straight up won. Like, this was a show about, like, celebrating GCW and, like, the future of the company. And you have one of your biggest stars, Effie, getting pinned by Jeff Jarrett, like, Yep. Listen, I love Jeff Jarrett. I like Jeff Jarrett a lot more than the average fan probably does. And it's like, even I'm like, no, like that's that was a bad idea. Like, um, and, and then we never got to see the rest of it play out. That that may have, have eventually put over Affy. So it's unfortunate. But yep. Um, yeah, got a super is. chat real quick. Uh, Vincent yep. Valentine, thanks so much for the super chat, man. Um, do you guys see AEW eventually pulling off a show at Wrigley Field or a big venue such as the Rogers Center in Toronto? I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, I don't know about, you know, this year, but when everybody's back, you know, when there's a lot more of a healthy roster, I think that you could do like a CM Punk versus Kenny Omega and sell out Wrigley or the Toronto Center or whatever. If The, the biggest thing to me about AEW, though, is they need to establish certain shows are bigger than others. Like every... Like, they have four pay-per-views, and they're all just supposed to be the big, right? But I feel like they need to have the one to let the crowd know, like, hey, this is our WrestleMania. This is the one. And then that way, people will be prepared to buy tickets or something that big. Because if you're just always like, okay, this is what we normally do, and then, oh, by the way, this pay-per-view is going to be 60000 like, I think people won't be as prepared as uh, they should be if they knew that, like, okay, next year this is their big show. They're going to bring a huge card. I'm going to prepare to to go to this one. You know what I mean? So that that would be my only gripe is just, like, if All Out's going to be your biggest show with full gear or double or nothing, whatever it is, let the people know, and then they can prepare accordingly. Yeah. Thanks for the Super Chat, Vincent. Um, you know, I, I like you're saying, and honestly, it's it's one of those things where like GCW or not GCW, AEW. As, as long as long as AEW, I mean, why why should we have any reason to doubt them their decisions of where they're going to book venues? Like they just continue to sell out. They they exceed expectations consistently. Like it's yep. you know, so it's one of those things where it's like you hear Wrigley Field, and it's like, oh man, that that would be a, I would that that seems like it might not be possible, but it's like, well, you bring CM Punk. You bring the right people. You market it the right way. You get Tony Khan and his whole machine of, of people behind it, and TBS and, and Turner yep. Networks behind it and stuff. And it's they'll they'll do it just like they've done in every other building that they've people thought they wouldn't be able to sell out. So for sure, That's right? I agree. That's right? Yep. Um, last topic for today, real quick before we get out of here. Big fight coming up this weekend in the featherweight division for the UFC. Um, I say it all the time. Moses probably heard me say this a trillion times, as has Doug. My favorite division in the UFC is the featherweight division. Um, the reason being, if you look at their top 15, I'm just going to quickly read the names. Number one, Alexander Volkanovsky. Two, Max Holloway. Three, Brian Ortega. Four, Yair Rodriguez. Um, and then after that, Josh Emmett, Calvin Cater, Arnold Allen, Korean Zombie, Giga Chukadze, Bryce Mitchell, Evalov, Dan Ige, Youssef, Barbosa, Burgos, Tapora. That top 15 right there, you could take literally any of those matchups and that's a main event of a fight night or like a co-main event of a pay-per-view, like every single yeah. one of those fights. Yeah. And we just saw Volkanovski destroy Max Holloway in their in their trilogy fight. Yeah. Hall, uh, Volkanovski, the question right now is like, is he going to go to 
go to light heavyweight or sorry to lightweight rather and, yeah. and maybe fight um Oliveira um because that belt belt's technically vacant even though we all we all know Oliveira's Nonsense. rightful champion. Yeah. Um but also, you know, it me personally, I think Josh Emmett's done enough for the next shot at the title. Like I want to see Josh Emmett get a title shot. He's beating a lot of people, he's got a win streak going, top tier competition, never had a title shot. I want to see him get the shot. But we have Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega coming up this weekend. Ortega's had a shot against Volkanovski before. Put him in a pretty deep guillotine. Almost had the yep. champion, but but did not win the fight. That yeah, was a you're... war, too. Yeah, like, great, Ortega great. took a beating at the end, but like it was a pretty back and forth for a while. It kind of reminded me of a Max Holloway fight, and then Ortega just took way too much damage. So... But it but it makes me like think back in retrospect because like Volkanovski destroyed Max Holloway. So what like is is like Ortega actually closer to a modern Volkanovski than we thought, and he's actually not that far? Or do you think that he would get destroyed worse because Volkanovski's gotten that much better? Right. Yeah, I mean it's I, it's hard to know. It's hard to know where yeah. Hallway's at exactly. And Vol, I could say Volkanovski is yeah. definitely in his prime, like for sure. Yes. So, 100%. Um, and maybe even still entering his prime. Like he's still getting yeah. better, which is scary. Um, but I would, I would also say though, I think if Yair Rodriguez beats Brian Ortega, granted he lost to Max Hallway, but now we're getting, we're splitting hairs because we have to take contenders that haven't fought Volkanovski at some point and we can't just keep doing trilogies and stuff. So, like, so. I would say if, if Yair Rodriguez beats Brian Ortega, I'd be fine with Yair versus Volkanovski. And if Volkanovski yeah. wants to move up, I would do Yair versus Emmett. And maybe Hallway, you know, needs to win one fight. I, maybe you run back Ortega and Hallway, um, their fight, yeah. you know, um, something like that. that. But, you know, um, so. And then you have some dark horses in the division for what it's worth. I mean, I think a guy like Bryce Mitchell is very interesting with how good yes, his I thought of that is. too. And he's on a he's on a win streak as well. So yeah. When stylistically, he's one of the really the only guy. I mean, Ortega's, you know, has a great submission game, but like pretty much anyone else in the top 10, they're all strikers. I mean, it's Volkanovsky, yeah. Hallway, Yair, Emmett, Cater, Allen, Zombie, Chikadze. You know, so it's like Mitchell being right there, like. He could probably out grapple most of these guys if it came down to it. His cardio is insane. But so anyways, a lot to look forward to in the featherweight division right now in a possible number one contender fight happening this weekend. Mose, who do you think wins? You got T-City, Brian Ortega, or you got Yair Rodriguez? I'm going uh, I'm going Ortega. Um, kind of what Doug was saying. Like, I, I'm not sure after – after that Volkanovski, that dominant performance against Max, I, I'm very curious of what a rematch with T City would look like. And he, I'm just such an Ortega fan. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's a little bit of bias, but just in this fight, like I love Yair too. Don't get me wrong; it's an awesome fight. But I, I do. I think I think T City wins. I wouldn't be shocked if he was able to get a finish, and and we do see that rematch because that is the question, man. If if they do, you know, run that back, I, I guess like you're saying, bro, whoever he gets next, Volk, man, if he is that dominant again, like, bro, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time to move up. Yeah. 
uh, or, or, or just get used to doing what guys like Adesanya and like yeah. Usman's about to be doing and like yep. rematching yep. the same people over and over, which there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to stay in that weight and just keep defending, like I yeah. got nothing against you. Like if you want to, you're the best in the world and in your weight and that's an incredible feat, but like, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Cause that's why I'm so big on Josh Emmett getting a shot just cause he hasn't his fight with yeah. Calvin Cater recently was very close. You know, that one could have gone either way, but Cater's top tier also like he's fought these guys too. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward well, to it. And what makes Emmett interesting is he has really good punching power. And yes. so like, it doesn't matter yeah. how good Volkanovsky is, if he gets hit on the button, then that might, might be a big problem. So yep. that makes things interesting. I, and I, I really think Bryce Mitchell it could could be a fun fight as well. So I, it's not like he's completely cleaned out the division, but I don't think he's going to be a Vegas underdog for a long exactly. time if he stays yep. in that division. So yeah. it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Me, me personally, I'm picking Ortega. I think Ortega is going to win. Um, Yair's just one of those guys. I don't think he Ortega too. They don't fight as much as they should, and I think it's going to be a layoff. But I just think Ortega is more well-rounded at the end of yes. the day. And I think that the ground game is going to be a factor. And, I mean, yes, Yair has incredible, fun stand-up. This has Fight of the Night written all over it. It's also not going to be in the Apex. It's going to be like in New Jersey. So it's going to feel like a real UFC. So uh, looking forward to that as well. Isn't it um, out like 2 p.m. too or something like that? I think it's a really early like that. one. I th- yeah. It might be, but because it's on ABC, so they want to yeah. they want to get that rating. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I I feel pretty good about picking Ortega on this one. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll say this: I've thought about it a lot recently because I've been watching a lot of just random highlights like this recently, but. Yeah. I think the most impressive knockout I've ever seen in my life in any sport ever. Yeah. Is that is yeah. You're knocking out zombie with one second left in their five rounder. Like that Amazing. was, and he was down Amazing. on the scorecards too. Like I think zombie yep. was ahead. So like that's in the way that he did it and who he did it to. I mean, that's just, that was, that was unreal. Um, Stylistically speaking, I think Brian Ortega is unquestionably more well, well-rounded. Um, He's added uh, his hands are a lot better now that they've, they've, they've gotten better over the years. And I mean, the way that he knocked out Frankie Edgar kind of before Edgar was compromised, like he was the first guy to like really stop him with punches. Yep. Um, and his ground game, obviously, like he's going to be light years ahead of Rodriguez on the ground. Um, and I think it's very possible he gets Rodriguez to the ground. I think it's very, very possible mm-hmm. he gets him to the ground. That said, I, I'm having a hard time picking against Yair mainly because Yair's standup is so. If he can keep the distance, his his standup is so diverse that if he can keep it standing, I think he's going to pick Ortega apart. Mm. But I think Ortega's going to realize that that's happening and he's going to get in close and get him to the ground. But Yair also has like really good conditioning. I feel like he might be able to get up or at least avoid getting submitted. So as a my whole thing is I think the fight I think the fight mainly stays standing because I think Yair comes up with a good game plan to keep enough distance. So I'm gonna say Yair most likely by decision. Um unless he just unless they get into some crazy exchange and there it is just like a firefight at some point and they're just throwing crazy. I, I could see those guys landing something, you know, for sure. But um 
And I'm also interested to see what the betting line on this is. I'd imagine Yair is the yes. underdog. Yeah, um, I would think yeah. so. But and also Yair still- has Yair has to know too. Like this is like if he wins, like this is your chance to get a title shot. Like you get to leapfrog a guy in Max Holloway who who you've lost to. Like this is this is this is the biggest win you could possibly have to to get a title shot. So his back's kind of against the wall too. I feel like yeah. So I'll say this yeah. though: the only thing that I would be a little bit like uh, where I think it, it favors Ortega is Yair throws kicks like he throws punches. He throws a mm-hmm. ton of them. And eventually that's going to get caught and put him on the ground, in my opinion. Whether he has a distance or not, he's going to have too many chances to get him to the ground. And I think eventually he does. And then I think that's where the fight drastically changes. But I'll also say Ortega's a tough dude, man. He's got a lot of street in him. He's really like a – He's almost like a mellow Diaz brother. Like he's he's very um, chill and reserved, but like in he's totally down to fight. And he will take he will go through an absolute war and keep going forward. So, and Yair will too. That's why I think this fight is definitely fight of the night. Like I, this yeah. is this is the reason this is the main event. It's going to be an awesome fight. And uh, if you guys normally don't watch the UFC. It's free. It's on ABC. You don't even have to pay for your ESPN Plus subscription. I definitely recommend checking this one out. Yeah, I'm going to tell you all right now. It starts at... So I think the main card starts at 2 p.m. from what I'm seeing. Let me see when the prelims start. Yeah, so the whole thing starts at 11 a.m. on Saturday, which I, lo- I love those kind of shows. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to waking up. I'll sleep in a little bit, wake up not too long before these start. Let's go. Let's Looking go. We're doing a good weekend. Well, it's probably a good time to wrap the show up. Yeah. Um, Mo, thanks for joining us, man. As always. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let, let the people know where they can find you. Oh, uh, yeah. Throw me a follow at Mo's KOBK and also at KOBK Fed. That's the uh, promotion Twitter. Um, and going to start announcing stuff soon. I announced our next show, Die Young. October 15th, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, so, yeah, KOBK Fed uh, matchup announcements very soon. There you go. Awesome, um, man. Okay. Y- y'all can uh, follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore, F I G H T T A L K underscore. Um, normally, I'm on the spotlight on Thursday mornings at 9 30 a.m. Eastern over on Fightful, uh, their, their YouTube channel. I will not be there this Thursday unless something changes because I have jury duty. Yay. So um, I have to call this number tomorrow night to see if I actually have to come in or not. If I don't have to come in, I'm going to still try to make the show on, on Thursday. If I do have to go in, I'll be missing the show. So I apologize. That's one thing you unfortunately can't get out of if you are told to come. Um, but everything else, um, you can check out FightfulSelect.com. We do the weekend over there every Sunday. Um, and uh, yeah, everything else got going on. Just keep keep updated over on Fight Talk underscore and I'll let you all know what's going on. Use code Fight Talk on IWTV. Awesome. Is there anything like looking forward to this weekend besides the fights? The G1 Climax is also going down this weekend. So if you guys are into that, New Japan. Um, and then, yeah, next week is ROH's pay-per-view. So there's that. Um, when is the GCW on IWTV? When is that? That just happened uh, like yesterday. Oh, that happened. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm way off. So if you guys are into that, you can ch- uh, sign up for IWTV and check that out. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff uh, going on as always. And um, it's fun, man. Like wrestling's definitely 
I wouldn't say it's in a boom period or anything, but it's definitely more interesting than it's been in a very long time. So it's uh, it's definitely a lot of fun to follow right now with AEW coming in the scene and then the ROH being bought by Tony Khan, the independent scene, GCW blowing up. And I mean, it's just a lot of good stuff going on right now. Yeah. For Uncharted sure. territory Mondays. Sorry. Yeah. Uncharted territory. <laughs> the best show right now. The best, the best weekly episodic wrestling show. On, on on planet right now in my opinion uncharted territory southeast first IWTV, check it out um I mean, there we go yep so um so yeah if you haven't already whether you're watching this live or you watch this uh you know on demand please give us a thumbs up hit that like button we really appreciate that helps out with the algorithm everything helps with the algorithm uh leave a comment underneath this video me and doug read all the comments uh, throughout the week if you want to leave a tip on my Twitter with a message that you want us to read at the top of next week's show, you can send that in. We'll make sure to address it next week for you. Um, make sure to hit the subscribe button as well if you haven't already. We really appreciate that. Um, for Moe's, for Doug, I'm Steven. We'll see you next time. Same place, same time, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here, youtube.com slash Tito for life. See y'all. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.